The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You are listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Listen in as Brent and Dave invite you to belly up the bar with them to talk about everything in the world of sports, just like you would do at your favorite watering room. It's sports, beer, and shenanigans. So belly up the bar with us, grab a beverage, and let's get into it. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. That's right, another edition of... 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. I kind of got you there, Jimmy. Thought I was going to say Fan of the Van Podcast. We are joined today by the Fan of the Van, uh, Jim Plotner, the Fan of the Van Podcast. And as always, Dave froze a little bit for some reason there. But uh, oh. Jim, thank you very much for joining us. You're, you're in the van. You got your cigar. Where did you get your cigar from? And uh, tell us all about it. Oh, well, when we were talking about doing the episode, Dave messaged me and he goes, I'll buy you a cigar. Okay. You know. So he goes, you know, he goes, where's the place you go to? I'm like, all right, you know, I tell him South Shore Cigar. So he Googles it. This is the place. Yeah. So he calls up, he orders it. And one of the owners, Evan, actually took the order. I go in the next day and Evan's like, oh, I got a surprise for you. He goes, yeah, it's from 1420 Dave. I just started laughing. I was like, he really called it in as that. <laughs> it was insane. And then he, like, cause he didn't know that you guys are from Canada. So he's like, the zip code. And Dave's like, well, I'm in Canada. And Evan's just like, well, you know, I still need a zip code. I'm like, oh, God. I, I, I was just on the floor laughing as Evan's telling me this story. It's insane. No, that's good. Thank you. And then he goes, you know, he goes, uh, he goes, if I knew it was on a podcast, he's like, I would have freaking picked out something a little uh, more pricey. I said, nope, this is one of my favorites. This is good. <laughs> No, there we go. Like, yeah, we're still on podcasters. Uh, uh, we're not champagne and caviar yet. We're still on Bud Lights and everything else. <laughs> the kind of the way things go in the podcast world. You know how it goes. I usually wait till uh, to first kick to, to kick off or first pitch to have a Bud Light in the morning. But for you, Jim, I'm going to make an exception. I have a couple of beers at, at uh, 10.09 in the morning here. So just to get this thing going. Um we, you talk a lot on your show about Cleveland's going to Cleveland, and, and it's kind of gotten to a point now where it's actually a, a worse situation, uh, not throughout the National Football League, because Cleveland kind of Cleveland, the rest of the, of, of the football world, we're having to pay quarterbacks so much, and then now you have quarterbacks who don't have jobs uh, like Lamar Jackson. We can get, we'll talk to him in a second, but the, the way uh, that Haslam made this thing how he had to go out and get Deshaun Watson and had to pay him guaranteed money. I think it was 230 million uh, guaranteed yeah. over five years, 46 million a year. It's not a good, good thing for football at all. And did, 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 uh, did Cleveland, Cleveland, the entire NFL with that contract? So now did Cleveland, Cleveland themselves. Yeah. The whole NFL. Cause now you got all these guys that think just because Watson got his money that they deserve it too. And when you look at Lamar, and I was talking about it with Aaron last Sunday. And if he wants to fully guarantee money, he's got to prove he's a winner. Being great in the regular season doesn't mean anything if you don't win the whole thing. You know, and Deshaun Watson didn't play for it almost two years. And Cleveland just decides, hey, you know what? We're just going to throw a boatload of money at you because we want a marquee name and we don't mind the drama that comes with it. 
Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how that, the, the, like you said, the drama that comes with it and, and the pushback that you get from not only your fan base but fan base around around the National Football League and how these guys are are, are like you, you you sign these guys these big contracts. There's more guys are, that are going to get more money, and all of a sudden your team can't do anything else because they're hamstrung by by one contract. That all of a sudden I want fifty million, I want fifty five million. You have the Aaron Rodgers situation. Like now you you can't build the rest of your team. There isn't any of these. There isn't a lot of these teams that can can say okay, we'll give you this money, but the, but this this is what the going rate is and by by them giving that contract out to Watson who hadn't played in how long it's 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 actually quite ridiculous that that it worked out that way and how quarterbacks don't see this because your legacy yeah you might have a few extra zeros in your bank account but when your legacy is is uh no championships because that's where you're like every all these guys are rich beyond belief but it's having a ring on your finger at, at the end of the season or the end of your end of your your, your career yeah well, well that's the thing when like when Aaron Rodgers came out and he was talking about, well, you know, I have four MVPs, this, that, and the third. And I don't know if everybody remembers Gronk coming out and saying it's not about, you know, all these singular accolades. It's a team sport. And at the end, I'd rather have more Super Bowls than MVPs. 100%. Like 100%. And I agree. It's not Dan Gronkowski either. I mean, he makes a valid point. But it's... In a way, Aaron kind of hit it on the head last Sunday with the Watson contract. It kind of, it kind of set the standard now that every quarterback, whether you're Jimmy G, Derek Carr, you know, and and others, they feel that you know this is the going rate now. A quarterback should get forty six plus a year, and it should all be guaranteed. I understand, you know, the quarterback position is the hardest. You're the field general, so you you're pretty much the you know you're the commander of everything. Should they be the height? They try in other positions on the field, but you also have to realize these teams know you're worth more than you do because they look at these athletes. They don't look at them as athletes and humans. They look at them as investments. That's what it is. That's all and it Baltimore, is. Baltimore, to me, feels. Baltimore, to me, sees it as you haven't won us anything in the four or five years you've been here. Maybe it's time to go a different route. That's why we're not going to match the value you think. And you can go to Twitter and rave, you know, you can rave and piss and moan all you want. It's not going to change what Baltimore is going to do. It's not going to change what Baltimore will do or what Cleveland is or isn't going to do it, whether now or in the future. It's just, it, it is what it is. That's a hundred percent, Jim. Like you, you nailed it there. Like you look at guy, you look at the team. We and we like every podcaster and every every sports like every sports radio, whatever you talk, you you listen to. Uh, we all talk about the the Aaron Rodgers guaranteed money he's he's looking to get uh, from that he, to to go to the Jets plus the demands that he wants. And I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on Aaron Rodgers, but fifty five million bucks, man, to to not win. That's a kick in the pills for a franchise. And like you said, it's an investment. Like it's an investment. These guys are just assets. And when you don't win. Um, that's a big investment to not get much return on because these, these owners at the end of the day, it's just a toy for them. They have money beyond belief. And Dave, you can mention, we talked about this in the past that these owners, it's just a big, it's a toy. They don't care uh, about this guy, that guy, or the other. It's about the money that they, that they get and, and the trophy at the end, because like we said day before, it's absolute bullshit that these owners are the first ones to get that Super Bowl trophy when it's all said and done, because the owners are bigger, are bigger than, than most franchises. Oh, without a doubt, those guys are just every single one of them to a man are, are just dick swingers. That's that's the kind of um, that's the kind of company you keep because those are the big boys financially in in North America. Um, 
you know, and we're we're talking about the Jets and and their pursuit of Aaron Rodgers. Why aren't we hearing any rumblings about them pursuing Lamar Jackson? You know, he's literally 15 years younger than um, than Aaron Rodgers. He's a better his. You have f- minimum five years of Lamar. What are you getting? One, maybe two. And then also Green Bay is going to ask for just as many draft picks from the Jets as the get, getting the two from uh, that you have to give up to get them out of uh, Baltimore. I don't understand it, like because that would be the biggest middle finger to Aaron Rodgers and take this sad act someplace else. And and Lamar, we're going to be a contender for five years with you here as opposed to two with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Do you get two years out of Rodgers with the Jets, Jim? No. I mean, getting Aaron Rodgers to New York, obviously, it makes them on paper an automatic playoff team. But it doesn't guarantee you getting a Super Bowl in the first year or year two. And that's why I've been saying for weeks now, you're, the better move for the Jets, if we're talking six, seven, eight years ago, getting Rodgers makes all the sense in the world. But we're six, seven to eight years later, and getting Aaron Rodgers now makes no sense. It's the whole Brett Favre bullshit all over again, it is what it is. And with Lamar, you have a five to six year window where at least by year three, you're at least in the Super Bowl, at the very least. And that, like, that's one thing I don't understand about these guys looking for this max money and everything. Like, I, I know you, like I said earlier, you want to have your 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 bank account padded. It's generational money, like multi generational money. I get it, but winning, like we said, Jim, is is so much more important in my books. Like, if you have. 100 million or 120 million what the fuck's the difference like in the in big picture yes i'd rather have 20 million more but winning and the, the 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 endorsements you can get like there aren't many guys throughout the sports world who make your team that closer to a championship like you, you, you talk in, in in football like mahomes if, if he was interchangeable to if he went to different teams he automatically because he's got that skill set Yes, he makes 40 whatever million a year, but he's a guy that could go from team to team and would put their team closer to a championship. A lot of these guys who are making that much money, they aren't getting close. And you look at a guy like uh, Connor McDavid in hockey, he's the only guy that can make every team that much better. And he's actually underpaid when it comes comes down to it, Dave. I, I believe he's underpaid too, but that was also a choice by him because the NF- NHL, with their hard salary cap, it 75 million or whatever is 80 million. Yeah, yeah. it really handicaps teams. Like, see, like so he's making whatever he could have signed for whatever he wanted. And he's, he's not the highest paid player in the NHL. And he chose not to be the highest paid player in the NHL, because if you're going to give someone that much coin, like it literally 10% or I think 20% of the team's overall salary, how are you supposed to build around him? And for Connor McDavid, despite the money he makes, he wants to win. That guy has a competitive fire and he knows his legacy is tied to winning a Stanley Cup. And that's and- why you look at these quarterbacks, like Jim, we'll get back to that a little bit. Like you look at these quarterbacks, like how much do they do they actually want to win? Like you look at Dak Prescott and your and your Dallas One Stars, who you used to be a fan of. I listened to, to your show a lot. You used to be a, a one stars <laughs> guy years ago. Uh Oh, year after year after year, you have Dak Prescott who hasn't done fuck all. They don't win. They don't do anything. And he wants max money year in, year out. And he and he gets whatever he wants, basically, because there, there, there's there's just not enough good quarterbacks. So, like, to be a quarterback, you're, you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You, you really are. Yeah. No, you are. And the thing is, if you look at, and, and I hate to really give Tom Brady any credit in the world, 
<laughs> but, uh, when you look at like when, when Brady got his huge deals, and then you notice how, and even Big Ben did it too, where they got these big deals, and then they're like, you know what, take X amount, restructure it, I'll take this as a signing bonus, take this, put this back into the cap, sign this guy, sign this guy, sign this guy, let's go win this fucking thing. And that's the competitive fire that guys like Ben had, Brady had, Peyton had, Eli, Drew Brees, these guys now like Lamar and, and company, it's all, it's again, it's it's a me business. It's not a team business no more. It's just me, 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 me. That's all it is. And it's really going to get worse before it ever gets better. I think there's there, there's some sports that are that are gonna, that a lot of these athletes are going to get a, a rude wake up call pretty quick when they're like we don't need to pay you that much. But there's always but but yeah. no matter no matter what Dave we talked about before no matter what there's always going to be a shithead owner who's going to say yeah give him whatever he wants. Well, I, th- I, I think we're close. I think we're close. I think we're close. No, you're not. You're not. If you're if you think you're close, you're, you probably aren't. And one player here, one player there. there there's not many. There isn't that many guys out there. There, there just isn't. Well, the the position in, in the NFL that is realizing that before any other position now is the running back. Like when you when you tender a guy and give him the uh, the the franchise tag, you only got to pay him ten mil. So when you can franchise a guy for ten mil and franchise him again, what a running back's career is maybe six seven years. Like Dallas let Ezekiel Elliott go because he was overpaid and and not productive, and that's. That's the unfortunate truth about the running back position is that of all the parts out there, you're the most replaceable. Sure, how many, need- like how many Jim? How, how many good running backs are like? How many the life changing, game changing, franchise changing running backs are there? Like you can't you can't name like of the thirty teams, whatever it is, you can't name ten that that actually matter anymore. I, I think. Well, if you go back to when Dave said, you know, you could tag him once, you could tag him twice, and the Steelers did that with Le'Veon, right? I think if Le'Veon had stayed in Pittsburgh, he could have been that game-changing running back because of his style of play. I think Dallas may have saw that in Zeke after his rookie year, but once Zeke got his money, it was like, okay, well, I can play mediocre because that's what Jerry Jones pays the most for, mediocrity. So that's why you have a one-star rating on your helmet. That's why, And that's why your franchise thinks every year that Dallas is going to be that team that wins it all. And then when they lose, they all sit there and they're all caught on camera crying like a bunch of little whiny bitches. And then the next year, it's the same thing. It's repetitive in Dallas, at least, as far as as far as that. But, you know, Le'Veon screwed himself in a way, but I understand why he didn't want to be tagged twice because you're more prone to get injured in the running back position. All it takes is one juke the wrong way. And I understand it from his point of view. But again, these players don't realize it's a business. And if a team's not going to pay you, they're not going to pay you. And Pittsburgh's one of those teams where they're not going to cave to a player's demand. They're not going to do it. How does Pittsburgh do it? You're like, how how does, how is that, has that ownership group for, for years? They've only had a couple of, like a handful of coaches over the years. They've, they've stuck with, with one guy here and all the way through and they're successful. And how, like, like, and it's, yeah, they don't win every year, but they got they're they're licking the jar every year. And like, how do they do it compared to other franchises who aren't even close? And you would think that the, that the the guys in the system would would branch out and go go to other teams to to maybe say, okay, well, here's how Pittsburgh does it. Here's how, how Pittsburgh's been been successful. And you look at Carolina, who's not like you. You think that they would be picking guys out of the franchise to say, okay, can you come and help run our team? Like it doesn't it doesn't seem to happen much in the NFL when you're this guy, you're just yeah. there. Yes, and. Well, Pittsburgh's always been a team, 
and an organization based on stability. And that's just the way the Roonies are. And I don't think it's ever going to change. Like when Kevin Colbert stepped down as the GM and they were interviewing everybody from Lewis Riddick to whoever, whoever else you can think of. And they decide to keep it in house with the guy who worked right underneath them the whole time in Omar Khan. And so far, Omar Khan has lived up to everything the Steelers do. I mean, he doesn't give out big money contracts. They don't sign the flashy name, but they bring in the guys that are going to play Steeler football. And I don't know why teams don't go over and say, hey, you know, rather than Brian Flores going to Minnesota, he might be the guy who could sit there and say, listen, this is how Pittsburgh does this, this is how Pittsburgh does that. But we don't know why nobody plucks through the Steeler coaching staff because there's a lot of good guys on it. I mean, other than some of the offensive coordinators in years past, but um, they don't like to go for, especially in the head coach position, they like to keep it stable. That's why, you know, obviously after Chuck Noll, you had Cowher, and now you had, and now you have Tomlin. Whereas Cleveland, every other year, they're changing coaches because if, they, if Haslam sees that it's not progressing, it's okay, see you later. I'll just pay and get another coach in here. And it's a revolving door in Cleveland. That's all it is. Dave, do you think that like with this revolving door of coaches and, and, and teams that aren't successful, does it come down to these, uh, like I don't want to call them Uber males because I don't think that Jerry Jones is an Uber fucking male by any means, but it, does it come down to these these <laughs> Uber males and, and Uber um, personas that these owners have that they, they I'm, I'm not wrong, I'm not wrong. Like look at, the, look at what I've built, I'm not wrong, so you can't tell me what to do. Do you think it comes down to that? Well, it, it's like Jim said, I think the biggest, the, the biggest factor is the stability because that's what the Steelers have. Um, that's what uh, the Broncos used to have under Pat Boland. And when he got, um, when he died, um, he was afflicted with Alzheimer's throughout the last little run. And then he was letting Elway run the team. But then when he died and there was some infighting and shit and you know, that, that stability is now broken at the top. There's no real direct, chain of command this is how we do things because like him or hate him like under pat boland's ownership of the broncos they went to seven super bowls they only won three but they went to seven and that's a hell of a fucking accomplishment man it it really is they were they they were always competitive with elway and then you know they they lost to the fucking steelers and bettis's year (laughs) with jake Plummer. that i was so mad at that game Fuck. I hated pet I hated every word about Jerome Bettis. I liked the guy, but if I heard that he was from Detroit and got to play the Super Bowl in Detroit one more time, that fucking playoff. But nonetheless, <laughs> stability is my point. And then and then I think Denver now with the the Walmart guys owning the team, I, I hope to see some stability from the top moving down. This is our way. New England, you don't get any more stable than that. Pittsburgh. Right. Baltimore has a really stable franchise. And those are the teams that are always there. Um, when um, uh, Sean Payton was in New, New Orleans, they were a stable franchise and they were they were there all the time. They, they only won one, but they're there all the time. Now you look at the teams that can't just get out of their own fucking way. Cleveland, the Bears, the Jets. Right. The Chargers. Right. There's no stability. Like Chargers are a visitor in their own fucking stadium at home games. <laughs> and that's that's a joke. I can imagine being a Charger fan. 
Well, like who's like it's it's crazy the way that'll work. So the way the NFL just you you, you can go through like a see the, the the draft hasn't even happened, and this is in every sport. But NFL is more of a of, of a level playing field than most. Like hockey kind of has it a little bit. Uh, baseball does not have a level playing field, but football is a, a a sport where the, the owners are all rich. They all have make a, enough money to pay to pay their their players, and, and there's a cap and everything else. But football is one of those level things, and there's there, there's there's 16 teams right now that you could name before the draft that aren't winning next year, at least, at least, right? And you know, you know how you, I agree. you know how you change it in NFL right, right away, guaranteed money. There's no such thing as non-guaranteed money. Like every other sport, you sign on the line that is dotted. That's how much money we're going to pay you if you fall off a curb and, and break your ankle tomorrow. You're still getting this this contract, Jim. Why, think, why why do you think there's no guaranteed money? Like why does why because you're you're more in the know and you, you probably hear more stuff than we do out here in Western Canada about this kind of stuff. Like why do you think there is no guaranteed money for these guys? Because it seems like Dave, you said it. It seems like a pretty easy situation. These owners have nothing but money, like nothing but. If they like maybe lower the cap and then give give guaranteed money, maybe I don't know, Jim. Well, part of it was if you remember in. However long ago, I forget when Sam Bradford was drafted. He got like the highest rookie guaranteed contract that there was. And then he was just injury prone throughout his whole career. I think the rest of the NFL was like, you know what? We can't give out these huge, even rookie deals. We can't give out huge rookie guaranteed deals because, you know, Sam Bradford was kind of the example of it. I honestly think it's just ownership, just not wanting to cave to every player's demand. Like, they got to show that it's their team. And, you know, it's like the, it's kind of like the dominant male syndrome where it's like, I have to be in control of everything. You work for me. I don't work for you. So I'm paying you what I feel you're worth. And if you don't like it, then you can go fuck off somewhere and go go to a team that is going to be dumb enough to pay you your worth. And in Baltimore's case, because I use them as the example, they're, between him, between them and Lamar, you have to somewhere meet in the middle. I'm not saying Lamar is going to go off and have this Hall of Fame career where he starts becoming the, you know, the Tom Brady of the Baltimore Ravens. But if he wins you at least one or two, I mean, they could work out a deal, even if it's a one-year deal, just to keep him, just to keep him for one year. Give him like a one-year, thirty million dollar guarantee twenty five million of it. And then the other five you make incentives or whatever or make it a one year forty million guarantee thirty of a ten million's incentive based. I mean something to you know keep the guy happy because what's really out there in the QB market right now to fill in for Lamar Jackson? You, you mean to tell me you're going to bring in Cam Newton and he's going to do better than? than well, I don't know if you Jackson saw that thing, Cam. Is. What did Cam Newton? He was uh, doing. He was dancing around and saying there, there, there ain't thirty better than me or whatever it was about a week and a half ago when he was doing his his pro day back at whatever fucking school he went to. There, and he might be right though. Like he actually might be right that there might not be thirty guys better than him. But you, you, but these guys, you, you, you can price yourself out of the league, Dave. Yeah, it's. You're only worth as much money as someone's willing to pay you. And that's, and then Lamar Jackson is finding that out that the hard way. And I believe we talked about it on the show ad nauseum the other day. Just get a fucking agent, man. You're costing yourself <laughs> money. And that's it. Like the, you're saving, you're saving the 10%, but you're going to be of, of agent fees or whatever the, those, those guys charge. But now you're probably losing 20% of what you're putting on the, on the dotted line. 
and opportunities and starting bidding wars. You just simply do not know how to do it. Like you're you're one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're 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 a crazy talented guy. And we're not asking fucking people from from H and R Block to come and throw the football. So let them do your fucking taxes and you stick to football. That's the same thing. Like you're just out of your league. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It means you're out of your league. And it's not just the agent, but it's the agency who takes care of all your shit and gets you gets you endorsement deals and, and gets you the commercials and sets up your interviews to make you look like a, a good guy. It's the guy that can like these agents and, and agencies. They, they if you get in some trouble, you the first call you make is to your agent, not not your lawyer, because your agent takes care of all that shit for you, right? And you wonder why these guys don't, don't like like Lamar Jackson seems like a, a decent guy and he seems like a good human being, Jim. But like you wonder why the fuck he doesn't go and get himself an agent, like to to save ten to save himself 10 million bucks over over 15 years who cares i mean i would but like because i don't have 10 million bucks obviously but it's fucked up to me it makes no sense to why he doesn't have an agent i mean i guess he's trying to keep it a a family thing so his mother represents him but let's be i'm not saying she's a dumb woman but what does she know about negotiating contracts i mean we don't know she may be good at it but right now if she's the one talking to baltimore ownership right now she ain't winning shit Baltimore right now is going to the table with pocket aces, and Lamar and his mom are walking up there with pocket twos. <laughs> and, and we all know what happens when you have pocket aces. It's a 98% chance that you're going to win. You're going to win the hand. And Baltimore, Baltimore is going to win. Lamar is going to have to be the one who's going to have to be humbled, and he's going to have to swallow his pride, and he's going to have to take whatever is given, even if the Jets make an offer to him. Whatever they offer him, you're just going to have to take it. You're just going to have to take it because what's he going to do? Is he going to sit out like Deshaun did? And, and, and like you, like you, well, to talk like like these these players who think that they're 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 beyond the game and they're not. Like at, at the end of the day, you play for five years and someone else comes and wears your fucking jersey, or you play for ten years, someone else comes and wears your jersey, and that's just the way yep. it is. And these players don't get that. Like you look at uh, back in this is I think it was a 2004. Um, NHL lockout that happened the, the players said over and over and over we will never accept a salary cap players lo- guys lost their careers because they, they lost on, on a couple of years again new guys were coming in players lost out on on, on their money because they didn't play so there's guys who, like this guy I listen to all the time he he lost five million bucks that year that he'll never get back and at the end of the day the players took the salary cap because the owner said all right we just won't play fuck it I don't care and these, these, these yeah. players don't get it. And it's shitty to say that because, like, the only way that this might change, Dave, like, uh, and I, I don't even pretend that I'm going to watch the XFL. I don't pretend that I'm going to watch the USFL or whatever other fucking league is out there that they're playing today, I think. I won't watch that for a second. But the only way some players will get some leverage is if those leagues become viable and, and, and lucrative. But there's, there's no way they're going to overtake the NFL. No, it's impossible. The machine that is the NFL, is it's a beast, and it cannot be conquered. Um, I, I I don't know how, unless finally they uh, the players' association wins one of these CTE lawsuits or something like that. But that's that's it. Like I I don't I don't see it. NFL is the king, you know. And then just one more thing about this Lamar Jackson thing. <clears throat> With the stability we were talking about, Baltimore has great stability. They've been a relevant team for a long time, right? Two Super Bowls with two different quarterbacks. Um, it's Baltimore kind of does things the right way. I I I do believe they've kind of fucked um Lamar 
the last couple of years by not giving them anyone to throw to. Like finally they give him that tight end, uh, Andrews, and he has a Pro Bowl season because that Hollywood Brown or whatever that went to Arizona, like sure he can piss and moan about how good he is, but I saw him drop more balls and catch more balls. And and <laughs> and Lamar throws a good ball. He, he he gets unfairly criticized as being just a mobile quarterback. He hasn't he has a gun and he's quite accurate on mid passes because that's how we did it with that Andrews this year. And so so I think Baltimore kind of did him dirty by not giving him the weapons. But now, you know, this you're in bed with Baltimore and you gotta you gotta deal with it now. Jim, I want to get off this topic for half a second here. We'll continue with a little bit of football, but who has the worst fan base in your opinion in the National Football League? Oh, oh, oh God. And tell me why. I want to hear this. Uh, well, scrolling through Twitter half the day when there's nothing going on at work. I mean, I don't know. I saw this report where the Vikings have like the most negative fan base and the most annoying. I don't see how, because uh, honestly, it's Cleveland. Cleveland is the worst fucking fan base there is. They always, no matter, there's this one guy on Twitter, this kid, Nick Harris, who talks about that Deshaun Watson's going to be a better quarterback than, than Roethlisberger could have ever been. And, you know, they both have similar situations off the field, which I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss in a little oh, bit. Oh, we're probably getting into that, yeah. <laughs> but, that's like, but. The fact that they think that Miles Garrett's better than TJ Watt, when TJ Watt has like more career sacks than Miles Garrett's got so far. Granted, Miles Garrett's a great guy off the field. He does his little charity things with, with the some water foundation he does in Africa, whatever it is. But these Browns fans, oh, it really makes you just hate the Cleveland team that much more because they're like Dallas fans. They think their team's going to win it every year. Like they thought when they got Baker Mayfield, that piece of trash. They thought that they were winning everything. But Baker Mayfield also created the hysteria with these Browns fans when he came out and he's like, we're winning the Super Bowl this year and we're winning it next year and this year. And I woke up feeling dangerous. You woke up feeling dangerous and you threw, what, four or five, six figure interceptions, two of them for pick sixes. How dangerous were you? You weren't. And these Browns fans just, they're like that relative that just likes to, they like to hear themselves speak, even if it makes no fucking sense at all. They just, they just have to talk because they got nothing better else to do. And it's just like, eventually, just shut the fuck up. Just stop already. <laughs> that, that, that's a Cleveland Browns fan base for you. And they, have, they haven't done a thing ever. Like, ever. Not since Jim Brown. Nope. And, uh, and, there's... And, that, and, uh, and the three of us are old. And so that's a long, long time ago you talk about Jim Brown. Oh, yeah. And when Elway was young in the league, like he ripped uh, Cleveland's heart out back to back playoff seasons too. Like, like he, he went Ace Ventura and was that, yeah, no, was that Ace Ventura? No, it was dumb and dumber where he reached out, grabbed his still beating heart and put it in the bag. Fuck poor Bernie Kozar. I could watch dumb and dumber. When, when it's on, I leave it. I, I leave that on and I laugh every time. Like that, that one makes me fucking giggle. There's no getting around that. Dave, what, what's the most annoying fan base in your eyes? For me, it's um, I can see uh, the Cleveland fans being crazy obnoxious, but they're in Pittsburgh division, and and you being out there, Jim, would have a lot more day to day contact with Brown fans. For me, it's the Seattle Seahawks fans. You know, that's the closest geography to where we live, so there's a lot of Seahawks fans out there. Um, the Broncos and Seattle used to be in the AFC West um, at the same time, yeah, and so. 
I don't know what it is with uh, the the north uh, west coast there. Maybe because they never going to get to see the sun four fucking times a year. But those fans, <laughs> when you when you get the Canuck fan and Seahawk fan, and they're usually the same person. They will tell you how great and how they got fucked. And us as fans, we make a difference because Seattle, I've been to their great stadium. Um, they have the 12th man. It's a thing. And then they'll have a dignitary or someone who climbed Kilimanjaro. Steve Largent comes whatever, out every fucking season, and whatever. This, and pull this flag that's with the number 12 up and they're going nuts. Yeah, we're the best. And then also, well, you can see the fans, like even in, in Lethbridge here, They'll have the 12. They'll have a Seahawk logo in one corner of the window. A flag in their window, whatever. The 12th, Those man. stupid so fucking flags. Damn it, yeah. I like, I, like obviously, I'm a Yankee guy, Jim, as you are too. I kind of get sick yeah. of when they when they roll out these old timers all the time. Like they do it. Like they do it. It's almost embarrassing at times. Okay, we got to start thinking about the the future a little bit. It's like, Jesus, that's that's just my thoughts about. It. Like, there's time to move on from these guys. You that the. Who are I pick, pick a guy like this? You're like, okay, enough. And I think every fan base is, yeah, you hold these guys in such high regard, but eventually it's like, okay, can we move on from fucking this guy and that guy? The guys who haven't hadn't played in my lifetime. Like I said, I'm old. Like, is it time sometimes for, for franchises to go, okay, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's look to the future a little bit. I don't have an, I don't have an issue with like the Yankees, even the Mets do it now. Where you acknowledge that you know the history and and former players that got you to where obviously the Yankees having more of a rich history than the Mets do, but I mean to sit there every year and have an all timers day to trot these guys out there like you got friggin' Chris Chambliss out there who can barely bend over to tie a shoe yeah. and you're gonna ask him to go out there and swing and play the field I I, I don't need to see that if you're gonna do an all timers day do it with more of the guys that are more relevant like you can saw Mariano come out there pet it. You know, have Jeter show up for it and actually play. Tony Williams, even, you know, he could play his freaking saxophone out in center field while he's feeling if he wants to. I don't give a shit. But, I mean, it's the same thing with old timers day with the Yankees every year. Yeah. You know, they do the whole, you know, the, you know, the Thurman Munson thing. And I understand that's the Yankees. It's a, it, you know, they're a class organization. I don't think they're ever going to stop doing it. But we, we as the fan, are we entitled to, Trying to get sick of it? Yes. And if people say, well, then you're not a real fan of the Yankees or say the Mets or any other team that does this. No, it does not make you a real fan. It's just, again, you're entitled to an opinion and not like something. Just because you may like it doesn't mean I have to fucking like it. I could be vocal about it. and You may not like my opinion, but I can understand yours. Just understand mine. That's kind of what makes the realm of sports to me better than anything else in the real world you know it gives anybody a voice to well, at least for the knowledgeable fan to actually talk because you have some of the dumbest people that watch sports that just <laughs> again like the browns fans they just they just talk and they don't even know what they're talking about they're not even factual they don't even research anything so but to me i think the all-timers day thing is getting a little stale just like have them come out on the field you know like kind of like the opening day ceremony like I was watching, I watched the replay when I got home and it's like, do I need to see everybody that's not starting walk out on the field? I agree. Like I know there, there there's the, there's the event and it's the ceremonial and it's been a thing forever, but I don't, I don't care who the trainer is. I could give a fuck. Yeah. 
Like I, know I don't that, care about Matt Blake. Like I know it's their one day that they get out in the field, but you know what? I could care less. I, Dave, yeah. it's not like every team does it, but like we, we're we're going to bring this up a little bit later on. We'll just keep rolling here because it's going well. Like is that one of the reasons? Because I know like you're you're down two to one here with me and Jim being Yankee fans, and I know you're disdain for the New York Yankees. Is that one of the reasons why you kind of <laughs> hate the Yankees? Um, no Yankee fan like uh. Deuce, can I give you a little bit of credit? Uh, you 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 don't uh, trot their history out, but a lot of Yankee fans, that's what they do. That's it's Yankee. Uh, there's a there's a couple of reasons. Like Yankee fan is, as a general rule, a fairly obnoxious breed rolling around, and <laughs> also back in the day, um, Yankees were the evil empire with with Steinbrenner. He signed players to big contracts, too much money. He he literally cherry-picked which players he wanted every fucking year and that was unfair to to the rest of the the rest of the the league and you know power to him he he got the got the trophies and and then since he's passed it, it's they've become financially more prudent they become the corporation of the yankees they're they're more about bottom line now than actually putting world series trophies on on the mantle you know and and now that has become the yankees and Boston, even though they suck ass right now, um, the Dodgers and Houston, and now the Padres. Like you got some bullies out there now, which is good for the players. But you know, the Yankees is the first Daddy Warbucks team that went about bu- trying to buy World Series titles, and that bothered me. And and so that's I'll just keep hating on them for that. Jim, correct me if I'm wrong here, though. But like I re- like back in '96 when the core four first started going, they 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 were winning a lot of World Series. But that those those years that they were they were successful with drafted guys, like guys that were in the franchise. Yeah, they picked a piece here and there. It's more so, and this is what the the other the other baseball fans that they don't understand. And Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. When Steinbrenner tried to buy more players and was adding more outside pieces, that's when they started losing. Like that's when things started going really sideways. Yeah. Am I wrong on that, Jim? No, they. I mean, when you look at the core four, they were all drafted, drafted by the Yankees: P- P- Posada, Williams, Jeter, Pettit. And yeah, they ended a piece here and there, but it wasn't like the biggest name, like Charlie Hayes, Scott Brocious. I mean, you tell me those are Hall of Fame player guys? No, he didn't give them big money deals to come over or even trade them ha- trade for them halfway through the year. What do we give up for them? Like, uh, you know, a Ramiro Mendoza type guy or whatever. But to to Dave's to Dave's argument, yeah, a lot of people hate the Yankees because Steinbrenner had all the money, and did he overpay for guys? Yeah, like going and trading for Randy Johnson, who was out of his prime at that. And, point, and that didn't work. No fucking sense. Kevin didn't Brown work. didn't work. Like all those guys that they brought in and spent that money on, none of those all things worked. Pavano didn't work. And then, then for some reason, they went and got that shiny toy oh, Jose Canseco at one point. Like, what the fuck for? But and those teams come- didn't win. But then also, yeah, CC Sabathia and A Rod. Look at right? that one. The, the the Sabathia one really worked in two thousand nine. That one worked really well. Yeah. Him and and I and I don't like it was all Sabathia, but I don't the, the people kind of forget about the uh, AJ Burnett that he was included in that thing too. And that and that yeah. he won a couple of big games in the playoffs there, and that was huge for the Yankees. Yeah, and, and Captain Crunch even said, I remember those uh, those negotiations when he was done with Cleveland. He uh, he didn't really want to sign with the Yankees, but at the end of the day, food on the table is 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 a good thing, and he can stay yeah. as fat as he wants, even though he got skinny and good for him. Well, he's in way better, better shape now than he was whenever when when he played. I wish he did that when he was playing. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, he had some hard living. I like there was uh, the end of his career there with the with the beers and everything else. It was kind of got yeah. a little bit rough on old old CC. Jim is is New York a, a Yankee town or a Met town? Like I've I've heard I've heard conflicting reports. It's it's both. It's a, it's like hockey with the Rangers and the Islanders. It's the, it's the same thing with the Yankees Mets. Like everywhere you go, somebody's either wearing a Met hat or a Yankee hat. Um, it's really kind of split down the middle. No, I'm, I'm to be sure. honest. Well, is it kind of true that Met Jet and then the Yankees fan are more Giants fan? Um, yeah, it, it is about. I would say because like my my ex wife's boyfriend is a Yankee is a Yankee Giant fan, and then like for some reason her brother is a Met fan, but for some reason I think he likes the Seahawks. For some strange reason, I don't, I don't know why. He only just started getting into sports like a few years ago, but um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of split down the middle. I mean, I'm one of those in the rare percentage field where it's Yankee Steelers, yeah, and then like being a Ranger fan, and then with basketball, as much as I don't really watch anymore, I grew up being a Bulls fan because I got to see Jordan. When he got drafted, I mean, granted, we got drafted. I was what, like three years old, but still, from that point on, when I was watching basketball, it was nothing but the Bulls. Now I could barely even watch the friggin' product anymore. It's just so it, it, the NBA has become pussified league. Everything's a foul. Just shoot it from the three point line. There's no nothing anymore in the NBA. It's just it's just soft. It is, it is charming. That's a, that's a, that, that's a very good segue, Jim, that I want to get into that actually. What, like, we're, like I said earlier on, the three of us are closer to 50 than we are 20 years old. Uh, the NBA is, and I think that's the one that has changed the most uh, of the of the leagues over the last thirty plus years or whatever it's been. Uh, you talk about the Jordan era Bulls, and you talk about the bad boys back in in the, with the Detroit Pistons and how those teams played. Yeah, it, it's crazy how sports has changed. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. What's been the biggest change in the last thirty years or so with professional sports? And yeah, the the athletes are bigger, faster, stronger, better. I get it, but our games uh, is sport is the actual entertainment dollar for sport better than it was 30 years ago. Biggest change and biggest uh, well, difference. Well, it, it we're just going to touch on the NBA because that's what we were talking about. Like, like Jim said, it's just a wussified league. Like if, you know, if you got men that big, that fast in those confines, there's going to be a little bit of body contact. So let's not get our fucking shit in a knot. If someone touches them on the elbow with a fingernail um, and, and you're going to cry and piss and moan. You know, it wasn't just Detroit back in the day. Those Chicago Bull, uh, New York Knicks series were awesome with yeah. uh, Xavier McDaniel oh, yeah. and, and and Starks. Those were great physical series, and it was it was so fun to watch. And and I don't know why the NBA has decided that we're not going to let these big men figure shit out on the court themselves and put all the pressure on the officials so we can blame them at the end. So. That's my take on the on the NBA, and then and then also through the other body contact sports like football and hockey. It's I get it with the CTE stuff. I used to take so much joy of seeing guys getting lit the fuck up in those <laughs> things. Like, well, those- what was that? What 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 was that? Uh, that ESPN Monday Night Football they had. What was that called? Uh, when the guy got hit, what was it? Where they had it? They all said lit up or whatever it was. What was it called? Do you remember that? It wasn't that many years ago? Where they were glorifying these hits, and they had that segment that there was. These guys were getting leveled, and now they don't have it anymore. 
Yeah, like those crossing patterns uh, over yeah. the middle, like a 15 yard. The guys, that guy's head is turned, and the 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 safety, the strong safety, comes around and and puts a helmet right on their fucking chin, like that. I loved those hits as a kid, but now that I know the damage, like I I still kind of like seeing it. But I also, being older and maybe being a dad, it's just like, oh fuck, I hope that guy's okay. And <laughs> and Jim, go ahead, yeah, because like you're you're we're we're thinking the same things, the same thing, I think. Hundred percent. I mean, football is the one that that's changed, and yeah, from a from a you know a keeping the player safe standpoint. But then the NFL is hypocritical in that way too, because I'm sure you guys heard now with the Thursday night football. Like, let's say the Seahawks play the Broncos, say week four, week sixteen on Thursday night football, you could see it again. And and the the thing that makes no sense, you want to keep the players safe, right? But then you're asking these teams to play three days later. Ridiculous. They just got their asses handed to them and brutally beaten for four quarters. And then you want them to turn around and do it again on Thursday. And then let's say they play Thursday, and then now you want them to do it again the following Thursday. Some of these guys don't heal as fast as another guy does. You know, I certainly, if I played in the NFL, I would need like a month to freaking recuperate after taking a beating the way some of these guys do. Why don't they just do it simple? Like it's just three guys. Like you're in, you're in your van. Me and Dave are in the basement here uh, in, in our basements. Like it, it's it shouldn't it be as simple as the team that gets a bye week plays on fucking Thursday. Shouldn't it be just that simple? That is simple. That's the way it should be. Like shouldn't it just be that simple? That like how is it, how, like how is it not that simple, Dave? Like I, I don't understand that. Neither do I. Like it, it's it's it's. Like I'm by no means a fucking smart guy, but that one. Hey, you didn't play. You didn't play Sunday. Maybe you'll play Thursday. Done. And then you have one game in 14 days, right? You get your bye, and then your Thursday, and then you don't have to play that Sunday, and then you're good. And you know, and that's that'd be a great break for healing, and and it, it would definitely include. Or is it just uh, well? There's too much rust on our, on our team. Fuck that. These well, guys and, practice in their machines, man. Yeah, those and those Thursday those Thursday games are dogs. I won't say every single one of them, but you know, Al Michaels. Most. Poor Al Michaels, I actually felt bad for him. His entire 40-year career, he's calling the game of the week. And now he has to call a a, a fucking uh, Jags-Jets game on, on Thursday night. Then no don't take the money. I, 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 and he gets it, but, you know, you become used right. to, you've been eating steak all these years, and all of a sudden someone puts a fucking pork rind in front of you, it's not going to be that tasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I don't, like, it's, it's so fucked up. And, like, the, the biggest change for me in sport, like, it's it's how much money these guys make and how out of touch with reality they are. Like, it's, you you, you look at guys like LeBron James, we're talking, I'll, I'll talk some basketball a little bit here. Like, LeBron James dives more than a soccer player does, right? He's like he got shot in the grassy knoll in Dallas from the book suppository or whatever the fuck like and it's crazy that these guys do this and, and just the, the money that these guys make and how out of reality they are with with the fan bases back years ago guys were making 200 grand a year right which is a good chunk of change absolutely but it wasn't something that you could retire on and now these guys it starts at a young age the entitlement that you get and you're told you're great and the money that you that, that you might make and, and the, the way the parents and coaches and colleges and whatever it may be how they they just cycle these kids through i think that that's the biggest change in sport and it, it happened it happened national hockey league back when when goodnow came in charge in 94 95 i was and he told the players let's just disclose our salaries and then because it was back back then players didn't know what, what each other made right and then it was like well that guy's making this well i'm better than he is so i want to raise and the, just the way that that's escalated ever and it's in all sports gym like it, the, the money these guys make is the biggest change to me and and they're so um 
they're not relatable, I guess, to the sports fan like me and you. No, it's not. And the worst part about it now is, and I actually did an episode when my when uh, my buddy Jay was doing it with me. We were talking about how college players should they get paid, and we agreed, yeah, but it should be structured. But now you see these no deals coming out, <laughs> and now you're giving these kids more of an entitlement. Like, okay, well, I'm playing at Alabama, and yet Alabama is one of the best college programs as far as football goes. So it's like, all right, this kid's gonna get an eight million dollar no deal, so he's getting that. And then all of a sudden, everybody's in his ear, you know, you're going to be the first round draft pick and you're going to be the first pick in the draft. And, you know, regardless, you know, and you should be making this when you come out into the NFL. And I think that's where these younger guys feel this entitlement where they need to, you know, kind of be the guy in a way where it's okay. Well, if I got $8 million to play college football, then I should be getting 40 something million a year to play in the NFL. And I think college went the wrong way when it came to these no deals. Yeah. You, you created a monster before we actually get to see it become a pro athlete. And yeah, the transfer portal in college football is just as shitty. Because, because if it doesn't go your way in year one, let's say, let's say Dean's a quarterback at, I don't know, let's say Ohio State. Ohio State don't win it, and they're putting all the blame on you. And you turn around and go, okay, you want to blame me? All right, well, I'm going to transfer. I'll go play at Notre Dame now. It's And I'll get paid more because the, the, the donors have this much money, right? Because some, some, exactly. up up, some cockwad up in the luxury suite who has a, a billion-dollar oil fortune is going to say, well, okay, I, I want my team to win. I'm going to pay. The, the NIL, in, 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 in letter, it's good. But the way it's just, it's, it's the Wild West, but like you said, Jim, no, nobody's, nobody's policing it. And it's just whatever. Here you go. They're, like if they would have just said something, okay. If you're a freshman, you get a thousand bucks a month. If you're a fucking sophomore, you get two. A junior, three. And then this this guy gets four. And you can make a, a little bit of money, but we have to put a cap on it off of a off a billboard for for Jim's fucking pizza. Okay, good. That's it. But these guys making fucking millions, like more. Like, they're making more than coaches. Like how can that work? Dave? Well, the thing is, uh, we've we've clamored about it for years how these athletes are making the NCAA and their institutions millions upon billions of dollars. Everybody's getting rich except for the kids and the kids are the product. And the, these nil deals in conjunction with the transfer portal, like now it's the wild West and, and, you know, and no one, like I said, no one's policing it. Nobody. Right. Like, I don't know how they came across and, and what's, yeah. What's, where's the enforcement. I, I think they have to rein it in a little bit because like we said earlier on about, I, I think like just youth sports these days, there's no allegiance to team anymore because if you're really good, you're playing on two, three different teams. Right. And now this is becoming the thing in, in college athletics is that, you know, if I'm not getting the playing time here, then I'm I'm going to bounce, you know, and it, it works with some guy. It works with a lot of guys, right? Cam Newton bounced, uh, Joe Burrow bounced, um, uh, Jalen Hurts bounced, right? Because they're not getting the playing time. And I understand that. But then now you got the transfer portal. And now you're just chasing money, right? Like, so if you're playing uh, NCAA basketball at a mid-major and have a fucking lights out tournament you know what you just performed on the biggest stage and now kentucky or duke or penn state or osu someone's going to become calling and say hey come play for us for six million dollars 
a year. You know, and if you're playing at a mid-major and your your NBA future is questionable at best, fucking right, take that six million dollars and go play for one of the big boys. And 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 I get but Jim, it, Jim. Jim, how does that work with your fucking teammates when I, I I'm still eating at the fucking at the 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 dorm of wieners and beans, and then this guy's got six million bucks in his jeans. Like that can't be well, good for, for 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 camaraderie on a team. Well, yeah, and that's the problem, and that's when 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 we did our episode about it. You know, I said every program should have X amount, and it needs to be distributed evenly. So so it is a fair playing field for everybody. I mean, obviously, Alabama is known for football. Nobody really cares about the baseball program or the basketball program until now that now it's more relevant. Then they lost in the second round anyway, so it doesn't much matter. Yeah. yeah. So but it's like if the starting point guard is getting a new deal of, say, $5 million, but the quarterback of Alabama is getting, say, a $12 million nil deal, it does create an issue. And I'm surprised more. I'm surprised there's no fights at these colleges over the nil deal like well, how the fuck do you think you're worth twelve million? You know, all you do is throw a football. I'm out there, you know, dribbling a basketball, you know, and carrying the team on my back. You got all these other guys to protect you. I ain't got shit. So the NCAA completely fucked this up. It was something that just like doing the Thursday night football schedule, something that was so simple, and NCAA decided, hold my just it's like a hold my beer moment. Hold my beer while we fuck it up. Yeah, and they did. They did. They fucked it up entirely. And you, know, you, and you giving these kids more of an entitlement. Jim for commissioner, there's no getting around that. Like it's 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 it seems it's something that's been so simple. Where some guys, like I said, some older guys are, are just spitballing ideas, having a cigar, having a beer, and whatever, and it comes up with better ideas and a better situation than they have now because this can't be good for any for anybody other than other than the kids because and only and the thing is a select few kids that have a chance to go to a school. It's actually going to make it worse for yeah. some for some other kids. Like basketball is a little bit different because a, mi- a mid-major and these guys leave here and there. And so like now you had San Diego State playing uh, fucking Florida That's Atlantic major. last night or what, what, yeah. whatever it was, which turned out to be a pretty good basketball game with San Diego winning. Like I was, we were out last night watching a little bit, but like maybe for basketball it's going to work, but it's only going to make the have and have nots in football, especially in the college ranks, even more so like you, you you could go right now ohio state alabama um clemson and maybe fucking let's say the so notre dame in there because they are like there's four or five teams every year and that's what it is and yeah. and it's going to be more and more that work because you have these these fat cat donors and i think ohio state's going to be the biggest culprit of this because they they want to win so, so much worse than oh, yeah. anybody else and they don't win a lot right and the money that they're yeah. they're going to they're, they're going to be sending out it's going to be absolutely obscene i think Obscene. It and is going to be. Well, sorry, it's going to be insane. No, it's going to be. It's just going to be insane to see what Ohio State's going to pay somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't have like a thirty million dollar nil deal yet. And that kid performed this season better than his dad ever played. To be honest with you. It's going to get to that. And how, how money's changed the game like, like right across the board from minor sports right up to the pros and beyond. And, and the money that these guys are making and on advertisement and everything, it's it's so much different than it was when we were when we were young. And it, like, yeah, the, these guys were, were were kind of famous. Not like now, though. Like, it's it's insane compared to when we were kids, Dave. Well, it is. It, it is a lot different. And, and I am glad that the that the product, which is the student athletes are are 
are getting paid. Like you read those stories about how they're a division one athlete and they're basically on food stamps. There's the, their, their, their cafeteria card doesn't give them enough money to eat uh, uh, properly performing at high, at, at, at a high level, taking time away for practices because, you know, like I said, and, and that was my mindset when I was younger, like, you know, this isn't you're not free labor you're getting a hundred thousand dollar education but now you're getting this hundred thousand dollar education by giving by 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 making the university money and you're expected to do things that all the other students are with like 40 hours less a week because you're in the corridor in the gym so that was a little long-winded and i'm sorry about that but i think this nail and transfer portal thing isn't good for the ncaa tournament like i also watched that uh Florida Atlantic and and San Diego State. It wasn't it was exciting basketball, but it wasn't good basketball. Holy shit. They like there were so many missed shots and turnovers and this and that. I I didn't think the the quality of play, play was very good. And we're going to see that now more and more. Sure everybody likes upsets, but everybody also likes to see a number 1. Like the fact that there's no number 1 seed. There weren't that, any number 1s past the Elite 8, I think. Yeah. And that's right. that's a bit of a head scratcher, and I'm guessing that is because four year programs are going to be better, and they're going to be able to to defeat teams with the with with the better standout players, um, because these standout players are just there for their 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 nail deal. Like I, like uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Like sure, I'm only a junior uh, playing for the Crimson Tide, but I already got paid. So, right. I just don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to do this. And then like, don't give a fuck about the team. This is an addition. Um, Cause the basketball itself, I don't find as good. The games are close and, and sure I'll watch, but I, I don't think the quality on the court is, is good. And I'm, and I'm curious, I'm guessing over fo- with football because the teams are so much bigger and deeper rosters that we might, it might take a couple more years for this to kind of suss itself out. Yeah, I don't think three middle-aged white guys who are about 5'11 and up are going to solve the problems of the basketball world by any means. It's one of those things, but it's because I, I like I, I watch just enough to be dangerous with that. We'll get into a topic that I know it's going to be a hot-button issue because I, I kind of want to hear both sides of the story. I mean, Dave talked about it a lot over the years, and he's not a, a Roethlisberger guy. Uh, no, Jim, you probably are. Uh, let's get into it right now. I'll let you guys take, take the floor on this. We'll start with you. Here's a debate. We'll open it up to the floor. We should have had a call-in show with this one, maybe, because this might have been a good topic for people to call in, <laughs> call in their thought process on this. But Jim Plotner, the fan of the van, how's, first off, how's the cigar going? Uh, it's going good. Yeah? It's definitely going good. One of my favorites, the Big Time Tommy, is one of the best cigars out there. Jeez. Do you, do you, go, to, do you, do you go to cigar, like the cigar lounges a lot, like the, the South Shore cigar? There's, do they have a lounge in there? You can sit and sit in there and smoke them? Yeah, it's, it's not like... One of those, like, you know, you walk in, buy a Christmas card, and you can buy a cigar that's all stale. No, it's an actual lounge. Um, it's actually five minutes from my job. So it's, it's perfect. It's convenient. And, like, the same thing we're doing right now is what we do there. We just talk sports and shoot the shit and... And have a beer? You know, like, do they have brandy and beer uh, and well, stuff? Or no, no it's, uh, most lounges, because they don't have liquor licenses, you can bring your own. Because okay. they don't have them because nice. because then you have to be considered a bummer. And then, God forbid, one of you leave and you shit face, you get a DWI, and then you can run somebody you know, over, blah, blah, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, if they could sue the lounge and they don't want that. So it's it's bring your own beer and drink at your own risk and responsibility is really what it is. Well, I'm glad you like uh, smoking cigars as opposed to going to the rub and tug. Because, you know, when I phone the cigar place, I don't I could imagine like phoning the orchids of Asia and just saying, well, which girl does Jim like? Uh, I want to I want to pay, pay for a handy for him. <laughs> that would have been an odd transaction. Yeah. Well, you know, like, well, what kind of lotion does he like, and how long is he going to be there? Well, it would have been even more know. strange. But, yeah, the, but, but if Jim would have went into the, into the rub and tug and said, "Yeah, this guy from from Western Canada, he paid for my rub and tug." Like, what the fuck just happened here? What? Yeah, this one's on Dave. This one's on Dave. Some podcast guy from Canada. Oh no, Western we don't Canada. take. Cre- yeah, we don't take credit. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, board, cash yeah. only. We got to hide this stuff under the table. Yeah. Anyways, Jim. Uh, Let's get into it right now. I know this is going to be a good one. Uh, you're, you're a Steelers guy through and through. There's no getting around that. You steal talk. You had that going, and everything else is going to go start going again. Uh, you're a Roethlisberger guy, I'm sure. Is yep. Ben Roethlisberger a Hall of Famer? Dave, give him the floor, and then you can rebut, and then maybe I'll intervene when, when need be. Jim, is Roethlisberger going to the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. He absolutely is. I mean, take away the the tequila and toilet stall incident, right? And the little off the field stuff he had, like getting into the motorcycle accident and all that, everything he did on the field, I mean, having the most fourth quarter comeback wins, you know, top four, uh, two minute drives to win a game, whatever it was, Ben played at a level that you don't really see anybody play at anymore. Like Ben was able to take a hit, keep standing, um, he made the guys around him better. And now he put up with a lot of Antonio's bullshit too. I mean, but is better Hall of Famer? Absolutely, first ballot. And I'm just thank God Brady didn't retire the same year that Ben did, because that would have just taken all Ben shine away from him. But Ben is without a doubt a Hall of Famer. I mean, two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, he has no MVPs, but to him that doesn't matter. It's it was winning and making the team better. That's what makes you. In my opinion, you can have all the accolades in the world, but the way Ben played the game is what makes him, in my opinion, all of him. Uh, like I, I'll before you go, Dave. Like to play for as long as he did, I think like being available is one of the biggest skills you can be. Right, availability is a skill, and and it's one of those things. And put, to play for eighteen years and be fifth or sixth all time in wins, I think that that's a huge accomplishment. And get, get and having two Super Bowls and yeah, Pro Bowls are kind of a joke because nobody gives a fuck about the Pro Bowl. But he got yep. in six of those. So it, it means something. But to uh, for a guy like Roethlisberger, I think he put in enough that I would like yeah, his off field indiscretions, like you said, the uh, the tequila incident, whatever was a couple of times there that uh, that went away in the payouts and we can get in, in on that but i don't really like to because we're the the hush money payment thing right now is a bit of a touchy subject across the united states with <laughs> what's going on there so we probably shouldn't talk about that but uh i think uh, dave i personally think he's a hall of famer yeah i know you have your your, your thoughts so let's hear it well i understand why people think he is a hall of famer um i think when we're talking about the hall of fame in any kind of sport I think we have to talk about comparables. So who are Ben Roethlisberger's peers, right? So, you know, him, uh, his draft year of 04, it was Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Big Ben. They were all drafted in the same year. So you don't get any bigger comparables to that. But then, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, and Alex Smith were a year later. Alex Smith is out of the conversation. And the year before him, Carson Palmer. So 
that's those and then also older like Eli uh, Eli Peyton Manning he was drafted in 98 so he's five years older the comparables then are Tom Brady Eli Manning Philip Rivers and Did you Aaron include Rogers. Carson Palmer in that conversation well I'm just saying like <laughs> holy fuck and I'm a USC guy man and Carson Palmer's not very good um he did. He was, I think he was really good for the Bengals. Like uh, they had a, they had a chance at one year. I think it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers where second play of the game, they blew out his knee and, uh, and then he was never the same. And, and since he never had a chance after that, and I don't like the Bengals either. I didn't, I didn't mind Carson Palmer. I thought, when did Seems you like start a nice enough guy? Well, when did you start shitting on Trojans? He should be your guy too. I like when they play at USC. It's the second when they leave that they always turn out terrible. Every every USC quarterback's not very good. Look at Mark Sanchez, right? Oh no, not very but, good. But he's your boy, right? Matt Leinart, not very good. Like they're not very good quarterbacks. And they, so they, they run a good system at SC, and then they, they leave, and that's it. So of those guys, I think like Tom Brady um, and Eli Manning and Drew Brees. I forgot to include him. I think those three are better than they're more they're more of a lock for the hall of fame than ben so which now brings us manning? to peyton manning no yeah i thought you said eli oh no 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 and then now we got to talk about eli philip rivers and uh and big ben philip rivers we talked about earlier on the stability of the the steelers and the absolute tire fire that is the chargers philip rivers and big ben have pretty much the exact same stat line across their career um, for the regular season, Big Ben has more playoff success. So if I think if you're gonna Big Ben's two Super Bowls, I think it was right time, right situation. He was so young when those were happening, and he had elite defensive players around him, uh, Palomalu and Harrison. Um, I think two studs. Like it's it's weird that I don't like the Steelers, but I like so many of the players that have come through that franchise. Um, like Paul Amalu and, and Harrison were awesome. Who was that? That uh, and then also on those early teams, they had that receiver that was the was just so awesome with downfield blocking. He laid people out all the time. I, Heinz I, Ward. I loved Heinz Ward. Yeah, Heinz Ward loved him. Loved those players, and he, so he had the good players, playmakers around him. When it came for Big Ben to carry the team with elite talent, like. Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, both fucking so crazy talented. And this was before Antonio lost his mind. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't, he couldn't get over the hump. When it became his team is when he lost. And his entire career, you say six Pro Bowls. Pro Bowls don't mean shit. Oh, no, I, no, I just threw it out there. No, yeah, yeah, Derek Carr and Hunley, come on, right? That's who was in the <laughs> Pro Bowl last year. So if we're going to put those accomplishments on a mantle, like, you know, let's let's start fucking get participation ribbons. So I think Ben Roethlisberger is the fourth, maybe, maybe fifth best quarterback of his generation. And are we going to put fourth, fifth best players of 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 a generation in the Super Bowl in the sorry in the Hall of Fame? Well, I, I think it's not his fault. There was a good, good quarterbacks as well. Like you could put. Five pitchers in the Hall of Fame that, that that are the same the same generation. But there's only but there's only thirty two of them. There's not a hundred and fifty five of them. Like so, he's I like I think it's it's clear of his peers. He's fourth or fifth best quarterback with not one Pro Bowl. Not one time has any one of the Redders said you're the first or he was in a two uh, 
a Pro Bowl second team. Not once in any single year. Did, didn't he get an MVP, Jim? He got an MVP. No. no Super Bowl MVP. Never, no Pro Bowl. No, Heinz Ward. I Heinz Ward won it when they beat the Seahawks. I think he was or Bettis won it. And then when they beat the Cardinals, um, who the, I think they gave it to Holmes. I did too. I think he was the MVP because of that amazing catch that people still think that he he didn't have two toes down, but um, that was a, that was unbelievable. That, that, that's an all time moment. That is yeah. that's an all time NFL yeah. moment. Yeah, and that's yeah. one of those. That's one of those. To me, it's a whether it's Ben or it was any other QB wide receiver duo to throw that pass, and that wasn't even the original play. The play before that was the play that where Ben overthrows Holmes. That was supposed to be the play that wins the game, but to win it that way, and then people still to this day who, whether you like the Steelers, you hate them, well, he didn't have his feet in. Well, obviously with the technology now, you could zoom in so close that his toes are down. He's inbounds, and it's caught, so that's it. But time to stop bitching about it. Just admit I, it. I it agree. Was like, it was a catch. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, though that's an all, that's an all time moment, and, and 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 like I think like those kind of things can whether it be the guy who threw it or the guy who caught it, it's those kind of things that that you put on the highlight reel when you send it into the voters, right? It's just one of those things yeah. that you say, okay, well th- this happened. This could, like not not only it's being a great player, it's being a uh, part of history too, right? Like and, th- and that that helps your Hall of Fame cause a lot because I think you have to win, you have to win to even be considered. And I, I think yeah. I think that that's a no brainer. Like, there's a lot of guys who don't win, like that get in the Hall of Famer. Like, how is that guy a Hall of Famer? Didn't really do anything. Like right now, if if, if Mike Trout retired tomorrow, is he a Hall of Famer? Eh. He he gets in based on his stats. He has great numbers, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But they put him in. I mean, you look at the Major League Baseball. It's not his fault. It, no, it's not. But you look at the Hall of Fame of certain guys they put in, like Harold Baines. Is he really a Hall of Famer? No, fuck no. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, look, and and the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is the biggest. It's the biggest joke, in my opinion, because there's so much hypocrisy in it. Because these guys get penalized, like Jim Rice never wanted to do, uh, you know, and you know, an after the game interview, whether the Red Sox won or lost. And then these same guys that wanted to interview him are now the voters putting them in. So like, well, he didn't want to interview me after this game against, let's say, the Blue Jays where they lost in the bottom of the ninth. He didn't want to talk to me. He told me to go fuck off. All right, you know what? Well, now here's my fuck off moment. You're not getting in the Hall of Fame. And I think the Hall of Fame voting in Major League Baseball needs to – it's got to change a bit. I understand Mariano being unanimously put in. Because there's going to be no better closer than Mariano Rivera. The fact that Jeter didn't get in unanimously either, like there was one, there had to be one guy, had to be a Red Sox beat reporter that said, "Not fuck Derek Jeter, we're not putting him in at 100 percent. Fuck him." It's I've never, it's just, I don't understand. Baseball Hall of Fame is a joke. The fact that I think they just randomly put people in now so they could have a class. Because what year is it? They had nobody in. Like nobody got in. Uh, the, the the steroid year that was just two three years ago, right? The, the when the steroid guys were coming up, and, and that's the, and that's the thing that's crazy about the, about the baseball Hall of Fame is that you get these guys who somehow get better over the years. We've talked about it before in our show, Dave, how these guys become better players somehow, and then they get voted in and they become this and they become that. You're like, well, if if I wasn't good enough, that if 
five years after I retired. How am I better 20 years later? It doesn't make any sense to me how these guys, because the, the, like when, when Baines got in, and I think who was it last year got in, uh, doesn't obviously, but I can't remember, he couldn't have been that fucking good. But these guys, somehow, there's a, the veterans committee, then, then they get voted in the second time around. Well, no, if you aren't good enough, if, if you have a Hall of Fame class, if you have 30 guys, that, that not 30, but if there's 10 guys eligible that, that should be Hall of Fame, it shouldn't be a percentage vote. It's a yes or no, and not a percentage. Well, yes, you're a Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Famer. It's that simple. And, you, and, and I think you only get one, you should only get one year of, of eligibility because you don't get better. Five years yeah. after you're done, you're in. Done. Well, you're as, in or you're not. As baseball goes, right? You know, what do they put them 10 years on the ballot? And so those players get the pity bolts at the last bit. Larry Walker a couple of years ago, which I he's questionable Hall of Fame. Gary Carter, he was questionable. He got in his last time, and at least he was alive to see it. But then someone like Albert Bell, who was a fucking mean son of a bitch that could rake. He's not in because he was a bit of a, a see you next Tuesday when it came to the reporters on the field and off the field. But he doesn't get that 51 percent quota and he's off the ballot, even though he was a way more feared hitter than uh, than Gary Carter. Yeah, I don't know if he's a see you next Tuesday or can't understand normal thinking. I'm not sure which one that is with, with, uh, with, with Albert Bell. because he was I wouldn't want to fight him. No, no. He was a vicious, vicious oh, guy. Know. Like the baseball hall of fame is such a, it's such a wreck. Like, like I think Scott Rowland, he's, he got in this year and I think he's a hall of pretty good, but he was, he was the working man's hero. Right. And one of those deals, like you get so many guys that just, cause like you said, Jim, they get voted in because of, of how nice they're out of the writers. I think if the hall, you know, who should, who should vote on hall of famers, hall of fame players. I think it's that simple. Absolutely. I think, Absolutely. It's, that, I think it's that simple. Because they know what a, what a Hall of Famer is. They know what a Hall of what it takes to be a Hall of Famer. They sit in the Hall of Fame and have dinner on Hall of Fame Sunday. They know what the, what guys should be in. And there's yeah. people that have said there's people that have said that the fans should. But if you left it up to every fan to vote guys in, I, I mean, they would put in friggin' uh, trying to think of somebody. Greg Gardner would get like, in for uh, fuck's sakes because he was Mister Popularity for a couple of years. Yeah, and that annoyed me when people like there was this report that came out. I think you guys touched on it with uh with level of playing field, Dave and Aaron, with the whole the, like Anthony Volpe called Brett Gardner for permission to wear his jersey. Why? The numbers available. <laughs> they didn't retire the fucking thing. So what? What's the big deal? That's like when when the Steelers signed Patrick Peterson and he said, "I want to wear seven, but I know it's off limits." It would yeah, it would annoy us if somebody else wore Ben's jersey. Well, the number at least, but is it retired? No. So it's not a big fucking deal. It's a friggin' number. And now they have this new thing. I think it was somebody on the Yankees Jersey selection staff that they have where they hand out the numbers. Well, why do the managers need to wear numbers? Why does Aaron Boone have to be 17? Buck Shaw will have to wear his 11. Why don't you just put manager on? They never wear the fucking fucking jersey anyways. They already got a hoodie on or whatever the fuck it is anyways. So why why get majority? That's up on Belichick. It's, I don't. I think the baseball, the, the manager uniform thing, and the the base coach. I think that's got to go away. Like it, it yeah. looks ridiculous. That that's my. I I think it looks stupid. It looks stupid. And none of us even know where half these coaches are anyway. So why do they get a fucking number? It's <laughs> insane. And we know you're the first base coach because you're out in the field. You don't have a fucking glove or a helmet on. We don't need a uniform yeah. on you. It's fu- it's so fucking stupid. Just to, if you're standing there, we know. Yeah, just wear team colors. Like, I know you're not an umpire, so you must be a coach. Yeah. 
Pretty simple. Yeah, wear your hoodie or batting jacket, whatever the fuck you want. Because Boone, like, Boone, you never see Boone's jersey. He wears a hoodie or a cutoff or a slicker or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, I don't get it. Baseball yeah. fucking makes me nuts with well, stupid old gotta... school mentality that they have. They got to get into the into the ages a little bit. Like it's like I. I I don't mind the change, the rule changes. Like, like we'll get into that a little bit. I don't mind the rule changes, but the games. I hope, and I don't know if you listen to that show, Dave, Dave or, or even you, Dave, where we were talking. I can't remember when I was on that baseball tour. I hope baseball doesn't lose those moments, right, with the with the rushed at bats, where you have guys that. Like those moments, those at bats when guys come up and it's like those at bats, like the Joe Carter home run in '93, the Jeter home run in '01, the Kirk Gibson home run in '88. Those are moments. And those at bats, it seemed like between pitches took forever, and you're standing around chewing your fingernails, you're in front of your TV or wherever it may be, or at a sports bar or whatever it might be. And I hope baseball doesn't lose those moments because the pitch has to be has to be released in 20 seconds or 15 seconds or whatever it is with a guy on with, with without a guy on base. And I hope baseball doesn't lose those moments and you can't change the rules mid game, but is it something that maybe after the eighth inning that maybe baseball should, should look at something like that, Jim? I think they should, but will they? No, they won't do it. I mean, they make these rule changes. And then I was reading yesterday, maybe Friday where the, the average game was three hours and 11 minutes. You make these rule changes to shave off what half hour. Mm-hmm. Now that you're ruining it for the fan too, because you know, like the longer in the back goes, you know, you could get up and run, go grab a hot dog real quick, and the guy's still freaking fixing his jock, fixing his glove or whatever after foul took number eight hundred fifty-five. And like, I know people that like they went to the Yankee game for opening day, and they're like, it's not as fun as it used to be. Because game was done in two thirty three, there was thirty two strikeouts. I'm, we're not a stats a stats podcast, but that's some pretty simple ones. It was done in yeah. two thirty three with thirty two strikeouts. So how much action was there? You go up and get a hot dog, strikeout, strike like the first the first uh, eight outs of the game were strikeouts. Yeah. So all of a sudden you you're you're in line on opening day where the the, the concession staff is new, a little bit lack, not know what's going on. You you could miss three four innings, done. Yeah. So the the and forget in, about it if you're late. So forget the about it even if you're late, showing up for the game. Yeah, so the so the yeah, yeah. infield game game experience is is the one that's actually going to suffer a little bit more than yeah. than when you when then when you're watching at home and they're trying to make it better for watching at home. Well, that just shows that the guys make that make that the, that the actual product on the field doesn't matter to these these owners because they they didn't shorten. And Dave, we've talked about this in the past, I think, or maybe it's the voice in my head, but they didn't shorten the commercial time. And that would have been the thing to do, but the ad revenue is still there. So the owners are still getting theirs no matter what. Well, then that's, um, we'll touch on it a little bit and I don't know how to bring this up. So I'll, I'll just sit on this one for a little bit, but the, the baseball owners and sports owners, their concern with the in park fan, their give a fuck meter is like at two out of a hundred. They could care less. They, because those people like, you know, that's the icing on the cake. The cake is the is the TV, TV money, right? And yeah. you know, um, the, well, I'll talk about it right now. The a, a podcast I listen to is um, is Jimmy Traina, um, Sports Illustrated Media podcast, and he's a Yankee fan. He's an unabashed Yankee fan. He lives there. He goes to games. He is right fucking bent out of shape because the Yankees have to watch every. If he, as a Yankee fan, if he wants to watch every game. He has to subscribe to Yes. He has to subscribe to uh, uh, Fox Sports 1 and Apple. 
and Prime. Yeah. So you got to be subscribed. Otherwise, he doesn't get to watch every game. And that's, you know, that's that's your guys' franchise. But the Yankee franchise is a loyal one. And they have a huge, huge fan base. And they're going to milk every fucking dime they can out of those fans. And those what's, fans aren't the ones in the What's stadium. fucked up, Dave? And, and Jim, I don't know if you remember this one. When we were, me and Deanne were out there in August, I think it was for her, uh, well, oh yeah, she's 40, whatever, who cares, right? It's, it's part, part of growing up, being, being 40 <laughs> years old. Uh, when we were in New York for her 40th birthday, and we couldn't watch, we're at some bar, I can't remember what the name of the place was. It was close to Times Square, it was Manhattan, whatever it was. We couldn't see Yankees Mets in New York on TV. It because it was streamed through something, something, whatever it was. You could not watch it. So we actually we went we went and walked around, and we, I looked through a window walking by another establishment, but they, but they they had uh, like an Apple, Apple TV box. No, they had an Apple TV box that they could get it on because it was locked out in Manhattan. In Manhattan, you couldn't watch the fucking game. It's Yankees Mets in New York, and you can't watch the game. That's that's messed up. That is so messed up. Well, it's the same thing with Thursday night football. When they moved it to Amazon Prime, you take it away from the fan that goes to a bar, say, on Thursday night to watch the game. The only way you're going to see it is if the bar is going to pay for Amazon Prime. Yeah. But then what comes with that now is the bar can now come, call, you know, pay the cover charge, you know, because they got to pay for it. So what people realize is that with bars, you got to pay per seat as far as yeah. like. It's not the 80 bucks for a pay-per-view UFC event or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah, and you got to pay per seat. So you're expecting, say, 80 people. You got to make that back somehow. So how do you do that? There's a cover charge at the door. And baseball, with all the streaming, like I have, like Apple TV, like if the Yankees are on Apple TV, you don't have to pay for it. It's free. Mm -hmm. And Amazon Prime, my ex-wife has it, so I'm on Amazon Prime. So I get to watch if it's on Amazon Prime. But to the but to the real fan that doesn't want to pay for 14 different fucking streaming sites, you know, how do they get to watch the game? I mean, yeah, you could listen to it on, on the Odyssey app if, it, you know, the Yankees are on WFAN or the Mets being on 880 CBS FM or AM, whatever the fuck it is that they, put, they broadcast on. MLB, it, it, it's every sport. It's all about however much money they could bring in and milk out of our pocket. And, and honestly, these owners are like rubbing tugs. They just want to milk every last drop they can out of us. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of us are just suckers for doing it. And and it, stops when, it stops when we stop paying. That's when it stops. That's just it. Like, and you look at all these ballpark renovations, different places you go, and Yankee Stadium is one of the last ones that doesn't have this. They've got gotten to it a little bit, but um, over the last couple of years, but a lot of these ballparks, they want to make sure that you're not watching the game because they have this lounge over here, a, pl a children's play area over here, this bar over yeah. here, and they want to make sure you're out of your seat more than you're in your seat because when you're in your seat, you're not spending money. And baseball is one of the worst for this is that when you're walking around walking around a stadium, there's always something else to look at and look at and see and do. And they, they make sure that you're spending money. In baseball, they, they could give a fuck about, about, the, uh, about the fans. They don't care. No, no. Well, Yankee Stadium has got like four or five different like club areas that you could. You got the Audi Sports Lounge, you got the Pepsi Lounge in center field, yeah. you got the Jim Beam Suite, and you know, yeah, it's good. You know, yeah, it's good to have all that stuff because 
you know, if you don't want to sit outside, let's say it's 830 at night, the temperature drops a good 10 degrees and you start getting cold. And like me, I never dress properly for any of it. <laughs> yeah. So got a jersey on. Oh, fuck, it's cold now. Yeah. The, the last Yankee game I went to was actually wasn't a Yankee game. Through my job, we have um, we have uh, box tickets uh, for Mets and Yankees because my job sponsors both of them. And now we even sponsor the Islanders, and so I'm fucking not gonna get caught dead there. But um, <laughs> so I went to the Met one, and it was nice throughout the whole day. I had on my Yankee shirt, I had my shorts on. I get to City Field, and it drops friggin' like 10, 15 degrees. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to the friggin' whatever lounge they got because that you know, even though we're in a, we're in a suite area. Still, you know, everything's wide open, and I'm like, I went to the suite, and I was just leaving. Uh, Caught the game at a bar somewhere down the road. That was it. You, uh, let's, let's, uh, I'm gonna ask you, uh, when you go to a Yankee game, are you a stands guy, a Yankee tavern guy, a dugout guy, or a Billy's? Which, where do you go for a beverage before the game? Before the game, usually Billy's. Yeah, usually Billy's is sometimes, so, so, sometimes we'll go into Hard Rock to get one. Yeah, but I'd rather, I'd rather drink a few before the game because me and my buddy Scott went. Yankees Red Sox and so we go to the Jim Beam suite you know to hang out before the game and I shouldn't say how we get in there because it's uh it, it's not illegal in a way but my ex's, <laughs> my ex's brother has season tickets to both the Yankees and the Mets his wife's a Yankee fan he's a Mets fan so he he's got he trades in certain tickets to get more tickets to the same game so he gave us his Jim Beam suite ticket. Yeah, I've been in there. It's a good, good little spot before a game. Yeah, but he only gave, but it, only one of the tickets allowed it. So he screenshots the barcode that they have to scan. He gives it to me. I then send it to my friend so he could get in. And so we're sitting there. It's like, all right, what do you guys want? Oh, give me a shot of this and and, and a Heineken. Next year, it's like sixty something bucks. Yeah. So I look at the guy. He goes, six, I go sixty fucking bucks. I said. I could have got 12 Heineken out on Long Island. And he's like, they go to Brooklyn then. I'm like, <laughs> it's just, they've outpriced the normal fan. Yeah. And when they built the new Yankee Stadium, you lost the real Yankee fan. It's not the same energy. And I got to go to both. Yeah. In the old Yankee Stadium, you could feel, like, in a big game moment, you could feel the seats shaking, the concrete's vibrating. This I heard Yankee that. Stadium, it's like being in a funeral home. Yeah, it's it's. I, I heard that like that 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 2001 World Series. Still my even though the Yankees lost, still my favorite World Series. And I sorry sorry to bore you with the Yankee talk here, Dave, but uh, I I've heard when Brochus hit that home run, how that place was just shaking, and, and Tino's home run the night before, the place was actually like literally the building was shaking, and the new place doesn't have that. And a lot of baseball places, they're just there, and and I get it, it's a business, but they, the baseball scenes have a real problem with trying to and and that's the problem the, the game isn't the problem it's the way they're going about trying to get they're they're talking out of both sides of their mouth to get the the, the the new viewers right and i think that's the biggest problem you know oh, excuse me and even when i was in colorado at coors field this year you know they got like i said denver i, I i've i looked it up they're like top 10 in, in fans because denver's a great sports town what i think baseball should legislate third level $10 tickets. I don't care if you're in New York City. I don't care if you're in Arizona. I don't care if you're in Florida. Florida, $10 tickets. And you know what? Even enforce it in the park. Who gives a shit? But that's going to get kids and students, people yeah. on a dime. 
you know, because, you know, if I lived in a baseball town when I was in university, fuck, I scrounge for gas money and party money. Right. And, you know, if I have to if I have to drop 60 bucks to go to a to a to go to a 60. Well, no, back in the day. Yeah. right? Yeah, but but yeah, if I had to drop sixty bucks to to go to game seventy five, fuck that shit. I'm gonna watch it at home in my basement with my buddies, and I'm gonna have that twenty bucks and 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 have a have a pile of beer that all four of us can sit there and watch together. Well, like you were saying, Jim, when we were there, me and Deanne were there last summer. Um, it was eighteen bucks for a king can. Right. So there's two of us. Right. So and you have three or four throughout the game and all of a sudden and this without even having a ticket. So it is seventy two dollars US, which is a hundred dollars Canadian. And and that's just for, for two of us to have four beers. It's yeah. it's a, it's it's, a, it's 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 absolute insanity the way that they do this. And and then you go across the street and then how beer changes before a game, it's this much. Uh, but then a certain time of day, it's this, like, it's, it's so fucked up how they do it. Like, and, and, but I guess people keep, keep spending and people keep doing it. And it's, it, it doesn't make it right. But I guess, and like, and like you said, Jim, uh, the only way it's going to stop is if we keep going. And and I don't think people ever will. I, I don't, well, sure. some places they have, but I don't think people will ever, ever stop consuming sports. Cause we, we, I mean, we're suckers for it. And we love it. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. As much as, uh, as much as I say, as much as I say, I'm not going to spend X amount. If I go to a Yankee game, I always wind up doing it because I, because I'm just, I'm one of those. I'm a sucker for it. You get involved in it and everything else. And like, I, like yeah. basically when I go, like I, I've been, I didn't get to go because of the, the two COVID years, but I've, I've been eight or nine times now. And uh, just the way things go, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy the way things uh, that go on. We're going to take a little bit of break, a, a bit of a break here. We'll get back in there because Dave has to have a pee. He just informed me via text message. You know, he didn't want me to say that on the air, but that's kind of the way those things go. <laughs> we'll, take a, we'll take a quick break. Uh, this segment of this entire show has been brought to you by SeatGeek and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420pod at SeatGeek.com today. Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports talk, and a whole lot more. Joined today by a fan of the show, friend of our show, uh, Jim Plotner, the fan of the van. Jim, this has been a blast. Thanks for so much for coming on Absolutely. on this Sunday, man. We got to do this maybe once a month and get, give the people what they want. This has been long clamored about. We've been talking about it for a long time, yep. Jim. Thank you very much for coming on our show. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, let's get some uh, cheap shots for both of you. Ready to go? Yeah, but I do want to say this. Next time, we got to we gotta work on uh, not Sunday mornings because, you know, we're we're the we're the four beer podcast, and I can't fucking shit can four beers at ten o'clock in the morning. I do have some kind of standard. Well, I can because I'm I now I can now I can work in a nap and get these four beers off of me, right? I can have a little nap this afternoon before the, well, before the wife gets home, right? They're, they're on they're on right now. They're playing right oh, now. Okay, it's, it, I got it. I got it on down here. I got the uh, Mar- Marlins, Mets, Yankees, uh, Yankees, Giants, and then the whoever the Washington Capitals are playing in front of me here. So I got three games going on. Let's get in some cheap shots here. Some questions. Question for both of you. I got five of them. Uh, Jim, start with you for, and I want you both both to answer. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. 
I'm the Jordan. same way. I'm the same way. Uh, Jordan was. I don't think it's close. I think uh, when yeah, you know LeBron. I I get it how there's a lot of Braun fans, but those are a lot of those fans that had never seen Jordan play. The ultimate competitor, the ultimate alpha. I'll uh, I'll. One thing that comes to mind when that dream team in Barcelona, the first time the NBAers were allowed to play Olympic basketball, and I believe it was Ahmad Rashad um, said to Jordan, he was interviewing him like in a bar or whatever like that. So you got this team all together uh, down by uh, down by one. Who takes the last shot? And then Jordan, without batting eye, me. And he's <laughs> on a team with Magic and Bird and Malone and like obviously all on and on and on it went with yeah. those guys, right? And he didn't even like fuck me. And so that's that's the alpha Jordan was. The thing about Jordan, there are stories about him before a playoff game playing playing thirty six holes of golf and crushing twelve beers, like while he's playing golf and going out and scoring forty, right? Because he, he he was just a competitor. Like it's yeah, Jim. Like he, like you said, you were a Bulls guy growing up. Like what? Yep. Yeah, just he was unbelievable how good he was. Will to win. And not only that, not only that. I mean, everybody always has a debate with Jordan and LeBron. And the issue is they played in two different eras. Obviously, yeah. Jordan played in a much tougher era. LeBron plays in this soft era. I mean, is LeBron talented? Absolutely. You know, to do what he's done and still play at the level he's playing at is is amazing. And we can't take that away from LeBron. But when you look at character as far as on the court, not off the court, because LeBron's done great things off the court, obviously. When you look at on the court, everybody flocked to Jordan. LeBron had to hitch his wagon like Durant does and, and Kyrie's trying to do. LeBron had to hitch his wagon to Dwayne Wade to win a championship because he couldn't get it done in Cleveland. He, the only way he got it done in Cleveland was coming back and hitching it to Kyrie. Jordan never had to do that. Everybody flocked to Chicago because they all wanted to play with Jordan. Dennis Rodman and, you know, Ron Harper and Jordan didn't win championships with other Hall of Fame guys around him. He was the Hall of Fame. He was yeah. playing with yeah. pretty much a cast, a cast of that's a very that's a know, very good su- point. Supporting actors, you know, and LeBron had to be the supporting actor to Dwayne Wade. And even in Los Angeles now, he had to team up with Anthony Davis and this whole, you know, you know, you know, the Showtime Lakers. They were back for one year, and that was playing in the fucking bubble. Those bubbles, those bubbles, like in baseball as well. And Dave, you and I talk about a lot, like the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's 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 a half a championship. Well, and I think the Lakers is even. I mean, it's less. shitty, but it's 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 a half a championship. Because with the Lakers, you know, you didn't have load management in the bubble. These fuckers were they they had two months off, and then okay, let's do this, and so now they have a a playing in a gym on front with with yeah, green and screens they, and yeah, just and all weird. this load management and shit like the 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 things that that today's basketball player needs, they didn't have to worry about because they had two months off to get healthy before they actually did the the championship tournament. Yeah. Next one up, uh, bigger nozzle, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> oh God! I was always a Brett Favre hater, so I'm going to say Brett Favre. I think Brett Favre, um, his his good old boy shtick, uh, just sling it out there and 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 yucking it up as a as a good old southern boy the, the, like, it, what's what's unfortunate about brett Favre is that i know who jen sturger is and i know her name otherwise i would never know who jen sturger is 
right? Well, why would you, right? Yeah, it's, it's too bad that we, we know <laughs> we know of that because of, the, of that. Like, Jim, who do you got? Ah, uh, this is a tough one because they're, they're both nozzles in their own right. But right now, I think Rogers is taking the cake. Oh, he looks so and bad right now. Be, because, well, a the, the the fucking horrendous haircuts he's got—that's one. <laughs> but, but two, the fact that he really thinks in this situation he holds all the cards, and and like you guys said on an episode a few weeks ago, you know, they can essence just say, "Fuck it, we're not trading you. We've already paid you millions upon millions to lose, so you could just sit the pine pony and watch Jordan Love play, and we'll win or lose with or without you." And you could just sit out the whole year. We'll pay you, but just, you know, just go sit over there somewhere with the training staff and go rub some hamstrings or something like that. So to me, Rogers right now is the bigger nozzle. I mean, Brett Favre has obviously the off the field issues with the whole um, welfare shit. And oh, that's, that's a bad money, look right now, money, eh? Oh. Taking money for speeches he didn't commit to and all that. But when, you, when you're talking about present, it's Rogers. That's a bad, like, Favre has such a bad look right now, like, just the whole thing. But the Rodgers yeah. thing, I wonder how that's going to play out. I really, I, it, it's, and the longer it goes with nothing happening before the draft and the closer you get, you wonder what's going on. Like, it was, it was reported by Gray Wingle, I think, was out of New York originally uh, on ESPN Radio, and it, it hasn't happened. So, Wingle kind of has a little bit of, of uh, jism on his face right now because it hasn't happened. Yeah. You, like, you just wonder, like, okay, what's going on here? At the end of the day, the Packers hold the cards. The owners yeah. hold the cards, right? It's uh, you. I own you. Yes, I and I pay and you. And and I will. I, I will decide where you're playing, not you. Like it's. it's yeah. See, Rod, Rogers thinks Rogers thinks that he's got all this power because you know he comes out. Yeah, I'm the greatest Packer ever. Oh yeah. Okay, you're on the list, but that doesn't mean. You coming out saying that and then saying, I want to play for the Jets. And then you give the Jets this, in essence, demand list. Now, the Jets, if they don't land Rodgers, they got jizz on their face, too, because you went and signed Alan Lazar. Let's say they bring in Mercedes Lewis, who's past his prime, and Randall Cobb. And then you bring in, let's say, Odell Beckham. Now <laughs> you don't get Rodgers. You, you mean to tell me no. the guy who bangs his mom's friends is going to be the guy that's going to be you know, the quarterback to these friggin' weapons. That the, the other guys only in. came to play for the one guy. Now they're playing for this other kid. Oh, it's, it's yeah. a fucking mess. Two points. Zach on that, Wilson, he's another nozzle. That, uh, you know, that's what Favre did. That's why Favre ended up with the Jets. He wanted to go to the Vikings and, and the Packers. Say, Fuck you. We're not treating you in division. If you don't want yeah. to want to be here anymore, you go play for the Jets one year, then you become a free agent. And that's why he came to the Vikings later. It's so, an absolute so, disaster. So that. And then also maybe maybe that's why he hasn't been traded yet because the Jets are saying like, look, man, we just did all this stuff for you. This was your wish list. We need to restructure now so we can pay for all these toys that you want to play with. So and maybe yeah. Rogers is the one. Like I don't know shit, but maybe that maybe that is. I I one hundred percent think he stands on the sidelines holding a clipboard for the Packers next year. I I, I actually and that's a Brent original. I didn't hear that from anybody. I, I fuck. I, that's what I think is going to happen because they're like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. We paid you $700 million over your 20-year career and got one Super Bowl. Fuck you. 
That's yeah, what I, sit, that's what I think is going to happen. Sit there with your MVP trophies and right on, man. Maybe they can keep you warm because you know you don't show up, you don't get paid either. Yeah, go into your darkness tunnel or whatever it is over there because you ain't playing. Watch this asshole. That's Watch that's those. mine. Anyways, <laughs> that'd be funny if he did his shrooms before a game because he's not yeah, whatever that whatever it's called. <laughs> then he has to get go back to or whatever. Uh, a couple more, Jim. If you catch a ball, a home run ball. Or a foul ball at Yankee Stadium. Do you keep it or do you give it to a kid? I give it to a kid. I give it to a kid. I mean, I've seen these videos where these guys grab it and then like you're laughing in the kid's face. You are the biggest fucking prick for that. I, I don't I don't need to go home with a foul ball or a home run ball unless, of course, it's a record breaking home run, then not I'm keeping it because I'm gonna get the most from my I'm gonna get the and most. I'm for selling that. it. Yeah. Yeah. Dave. I completely agree. Like uh, you get a ball, you hand it to, to, to a kid. Um, unless there's no kids there. Like, I'm not looking for a kid. If a kid yeah, comes so, and asks for it, I'll give it to him. Yeah. If I reached over a kid and like saw, it's like, ah, shit. So no, I would probably just hear whatever. But, I yeah, wouldn't I'm go just... find one, but I'd be like, okay, if there's one that's, but if he, if he's running, if he's running from 30 rolls away, I'm not giving it to him. And it would be situational dependent, and you know a foul a foul ball is a lot different than a home run ball. Yeah, that's true too. It's like so, it like dependent on situation, but as a general rule, the kid gets it, and the kid's my my yeah. kid too. So, well, if your kid's there, I expect you to give it to your, to your own son. Like, yeah. no, you're not going to put it on your fucking mantle. Your wife wouldn't let it. Well, <laughs> it'll be somewhere. At least it, it'll, I'll keep it in the family. It'd be downstairs where, where you're sitting right now, where Kaylee doesn't come down there and, and pinch her in. Like Deanne never comes down to the tavern down here. Uh, two more. Jim, worst fans, Red Sox fans or Patriots fans? <laughs> I got uh, I got to say Red Sox. They're awful. I got to say Red Sox fans. They, they are some of the worst. Some They're aggressive. Fucking worst. And I've been to I've been to Fenway many years ago, and we actually went. I think it was in two thousand or two thousand one for Yankees Red Sox, and we wanted the Yankees win. We go to this bar down the block, and I got my Yankee jersey on. Walk in, guys like, "What are you drinking?" I'm like, "God, give me a Sam Adams." All right, take the jersey off, and I'll sell it to you. So, in, in natural gym fashion, I'm like, you know, listen, fuck stick. You know, money's money. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't play for the Yankees. So don't take it out on me that the Red Sox fucking blew that game. And then the bar down the block from them. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want. You know, whatever. You know, that's just how Boston is. Boston's different. How they are. Yeah. Fuck yeah. me. I, I was there a couple of years back with my sister and we were getting some beers. The same, same kind of things where it's standing in line and uh, these, these two girls just butted in front of us and turned around like just where and they weren't i just had a yankee hat on they're playing the blue jays and uh this fucking this girl she she turned around looked at me and she goes fuck you and i, I went, pardon <laughs> fuck you i said like, oh that's, that's nice i said geez like, yeah. what, like what's the problem here and we started talking she goes yeah i apologize she goes how long you guys been together with my sister i said i don't know 43 years or so i guess it was like she goes, what? It's, I said, it's my sister, fuckhead. And so we had a laugh about it. Like, <laughs> like, fuck me. It's just crazy. Dave, who do you think would be a worse fan? The Patriots I, fan base or Red Sox fan base? Um, I, the, the, the Patriots are a little bit bad because they had so much success and they, they were so lucky. Well, Boston as a city had so much success. Yeah, the last oh, 20 years, fuck. they have no comparable to to how well they've done over the overall four franchises, right? But, you know, Boston fan... Uh, sorry, Red Sox fan is a little bit more annoying 
because they have an inferiority complex against the Yankees. Like you guys think you're so good, but we're good because we've won more since blah, blah. And they're like, yeah. they're always comparing themselves to the Yankees. And they're you, comparing to the Yankees. Then if you're this great, don't yeah, go compare. Yeah, exactly. When you, when you're coming into an argument with an inferiority complex and you've already lost. And I find that's what Red Sox fan is. So I'm going to agree and say the Red Sox. Last one. Then we'll get everybody out of here. Uh, Jim, we'll start with you. Should Pete Rose be in the hall of fame? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what Major League Baseball is going to do. And this is the fuckery of it when it comes to them. Pete Rose, I okay, I understand sports betting is, you know, especially at that time, was frowned upon, especially when you're coaching a team, right? But it's been how many years since? I mean, they, they finally let him show up to a Major League Baseball game. He was banned from going to any game as it is. And... Let's be honest. Pete Rose really ain't living that much longer. No. All right. I give it maybe another. He three, looks. Four he years looks rough in his appearances and stuff. A friend yeah. of mine. He he saw him in Vegas so, a few weeks back. Yeah. Like, so if you if you if Major League Baseball wants to save face a bit, put him in when he's alive and let him enjoy it. Because you're gonna put him in when he's dead anyway. So you might as well just say, you know what? Ah, we're gonna bend here a little bit. Let's put the fucking guy in. I mean, the guy has the most career hits all time. Um. You know, you can't punish him for when he was a player. So put him in based on that. Who cares about when he was betting that the Reds were going to lose when he managed the team? Who gives a shit? I mean, it, that, that was how many years ago? And that's something that, you know, you, you can't hold that grudge anymore against the guy. You, just re you really can't. Just fucking put him in. It's almost the same thing with the steroid guys. You can put him in. Just put an asterisk next to it. Or put him in three steroids. Like Clemens and Bonds and even A-Rod. You know, you could put them in the Hall of Fame before, you know, take their before stats, look at those and realize these guys were Hall of Fame players. Let's put them the fuck in. Just be done with it. Because it's going to happen. Somebody's going to vote them in. Yeah, I, I think, I I think, think, I, I think, I think you put all those guys in. Dave? I, I think you can make those in. I think you could make a better argument for the steroid guys as opposed to Pete Rose. I don't think Pete Rose should be in because a, you know, that's the one thing that baseball had precedence on with the, the, the black Sox set scandal back in the day. Um, maybe you should put shoeless Joe Jackson in before you put in Pete Rose because, you know, Pete Rose, I don't think a guy just starts gambling at the age of whatever, 45, when he retired. I, I, I don't know this, but I'm guessing Pete Rose had some action that he didn't get caught with when he was a player because you don't just start gambling when now you have a direct control over who may or may not win a game. And then when everybody says, um, well, he never bet on Cincinnati to lose, but did he bet him to win 162 games? I don't think so. Because in his bookie, when Pete's not gambling, then now his lines changes a little bit for everybody else because Pete doesn't have action on this game. I, I think that's that's the most disrespect you can show the sport that made you great and then to lie about it forever and then to come clean and think you're going to uh, come clean and think that you're all going to be forgiven because after 15 years of denial, now you you, you see you're not getting in. And then you're starting to kiss a little bit of ass and, and tell people what they think they want to hear, but then make your living living in Vegas at sports books, right? That's just kind of thumbing your nose. Well, he way. hasn't done himself any favors over there. There's no getting around that. Like he kind of, yeah. And then saying, would, would he do it? Like, uh, I'll, yeah, I still bet. 
or just say I don't bet anymore. I, I found the error of my ways, whatever. Uh, should he be in the Hall of Fame as a player? 100%. As a manager, obviously, he signed that deal for a reason with uh, Giamatti, who died five months after that, back in uh, 89, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, it's just – I put him in. Like, it's like, – and like you said, Jim, they're going to put him in anyways. Like, eventually, he's, it's going to happen no matter what. He, he will find a way in. I mean, he was allowed into baseball, so they're, they're losing things. And now with how baseball is so intertwined with sports books right in buildings now. Yeah. It's pretty it's, it's pretty pretty hypocritical now for, for them to say that guy bet on a game. And the betting in, in sports, it's 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 like you, you, who's that guy who got spent up in the NFL last year? Ridley. Yeah, that – it fuck whatever man like who cares like just who cares it's i don't know it, it i let them bet as long as you're not betting on your own game or whatever it might be and you're not the, the outcome of the like there's something that you can affect the uh if you bet on your team to win bet on it fuck it go nuts you're not gonna try i don't think yeah. you're gonna try any harder if you have a fucking four game parlay and your team's included yeah, oh, yeah, I don't think you know. I, I I disagree on that. I don't think you should be able to gamble on your on the the professional sport you play, because you know that's how you, you get into a little bit of trouble. You lose a couple, and then now all of a sudden you're into the bookie for for one and a half million bucks, and then like okay, let's uh, let's. Get but if you're if trouble. you're playing on fucking Bet US or fucking whatever the but fuck, it all starts. Who cares? Place. I like you're not paying a bookie. You're paying a fucking. You're, you're, you're you actually have funds in your account where you can make the bet. So you're not going to get in trouble with anybody. And if, you, if you're if you're betting on your team to win, you're not going to like I said. You're not going to try harder to win. Like you, when you, you you talk about point shaving that happened in college basketball back in the '80s, that's an easy, not an easy thing to do because they eventually got caught. But if you're betting on your team to win, who gives a fuck? Wouldn't because- you rather that? Well, because if you keep losing, now, now there's going to be a, a chance like, fuck, I got to stop this skid. And all of a sudden, now you're bidding on your team to lose, right? And don't but say that, it, But that's on anything. Like, that's. Well, well, but so, like, let's, let's stop it before it starts, is what I'm saying. So, get your wife to make the fucking bet. Like, I, I, to, 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 for us to be gamble. that. For us to be that gamble. insane, saying that, that, that athletes aren't gambling somehow on, on a team, that, that, that's fucking insane. Jim, like that's insane to think that, like with everything, because everywhere you watch on TV, it's bet, 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 bet. Like no matter yeah. what, every every other commercial is, you know, FanDuel's got this special right now. Hurry up and sign up. You know, DraftKings has got this. Hurry up and sign up. You know, and bet MGM. Betting, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sports betting has had a positive effect as far as the states that have legalized it, because they get so much in fucking revenue as it is from it. Yeah. Because whatever percentage of the bet, obviously. FanDuel's getting, BetMGM, Caesar Sportsbook, whatever it is, they're getting a percentage. Like when New Jersey legalized it before New York ever did it, in one year, New Jersey made close to a billion dollars off of it, which is good because it goes back into the state of New Jersey. Obviously, New York is going to fucking surpass that because everybody in New York's friggin' doing it. And the negative impact of it is, to me, it has affected the games because you because you feel in a way that, and especially in the NFL, you know, there's two minutes left and you haven't called a pass interference call all day. And then all of a sudden, the same one you've seen for three and a half quarters, yeah. now all of a sudden is getting called. And people made that an issue with the Super Bowl with uh, Bradbury and Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay? And Bradbury came out in the end and he said, yeah, I held them and it was the right call. 
and people are bitching, well, you know, Philly would have won if they didn't call it. They didn't call it for all this time, and now they're calling it. Well, this is the other issue that the NFL has. And Major League Baseball, NBA. The NHL, I don't think so much has an issue with it because it's a hard enough sport as it is. I mean, you mean to tell me that a guy like Connor McDavid's going to score seven goals in a game? <laughs> it's not going to happen. No. But, but sports betting, I mean, as far as the athletes being allowed to do it, I think they should be allowed, just not in the sport that they play. Like, if Calvin Ridley wants to bet the friggin' Braves versus, let's say, the Marlins on a fucking Tuesday, who cares? Then why not? I mean, NFL coaches are allowed to do it. Um, But I I think they're not allowed to do it within the NFL. Like, Miles Austin, the wide receiver coach for the Jets, got suspended a year because he bet an NFL game. And he got the same suspension Calvin Ridley got. And Calvin Ridley's suspension was a fucking joke. It's not like he went out there and did like a, I hate to say, like Henry Ruggs. You know, he didn't go out and kill anybody. You know, or other guys like Kareem Hunt frigging um, crane kicking some woman in an elevator. You know, but to give him a one-year suspension for betting a game, even though he knows he's wrong for doing it, I mean, at least an eight-game suspension would have been suffice. I mean, you look at Watson. Watson frigging all the allegations are 26 to 30 women. 13-game suspension? And a it's, slap it's, on the it's wrist so and shit fine? Up. It's so fucked up. Like, who was the guy who beat up his wife and played for the, the, the Ravens? Uh, Ray, Rice. Ray Rice. Ray Rice. And he's been blo- he got blackballed from the NFL because But he that. was only going to be four games at one point. It was only going to be yeah. two. Two, sorry, two. When, when the video came out, it became four. But make, but, but make yeah. a $100 bet in a four-game parlay, you're out for the fucking year? Yeah, yeah it sucked. Yeah. Uh, it's it's insane. Jim, uh, it's been a blast having you on. Like I said, we got it. It's been 16 months yep. in making. Uh, it's been a lot of fun having you on. We're bullshitting about sports like some, like four old guys <laughs> or three old guys do, right. having a, a, a BS, not analyzing the game so much. And that's kind of like what we try to do here at the 1420 Sports Park Park. Yeah. How is your cigar? Like, how is it still going? Like, how much is still left of that thing? Is that about two half of it left. There, there not, this will be done for that. There you go. This will be done tonight. <laughs> there you go. Jim, tell us about, tell our listeners who haven't listened, I'm sure they have, but let's uh, let's hear about your show and where they can find it. Um, pretty much, uh, you can find Fan in the Van on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods. Uh, we're on the, I'm on the Odyssey app as well, which took forever to get on. It was like a six-month fucking wait for that. Um, Google Podcast, there's even videos on YouTube. Um, you reference it in the beginning. Steel talk is coming back probably around the draft. I would have to say, um, it's just a matter of really doing that and this, and then having to work is such, it's, it's, it's such a grind and it it's just a out after a while, yeah. but I mean, well, you should know you got like 10 fucking shows out. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on here at world headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how actually uh, I never, I never did ask you this or it's never been, been, been brought. Like how, how did you uh, get going? Like how did your podcast start? Um, actually, during COVID, like at the the peak of it, um, I wound up taking a leave of absence from work because they were jerking around my fucking hours. Like, okay, this week you could work forty plus, then you can only work this, then you can only work that, and everybody's sitting at home getting the the unemployment plus that extra federal money. So I said, fuck this, I'm gonna sit at home and just friggin' collect money as lazy and as scumbagish as it sounds. If everyone else is doing it, then why not? And me and my ex's boyfriend were you know we always shoot the shit with sports 
And my ex goes, you know, you should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah. And then one day I just, I went out in the van and did a quick little YouTube video and then started doing the audio with him. And it just grew from there. Yeah, that's kind of how this one started. Because Dave and I talked about it, uh, Jesus, even before it started it was actually dave's idea we were at a, at a friend's house drinking beers at, at davis's quonset or at the, at the farm there and dave just brought it up to me he goes we started a podcast we, i mean we were probably 10 beer deep at that point yeah whatever blah blah <laughs> blah and then uh august of covid there when it happened i was down here doing nothing and deanne says you gotta fucking do something i said all right well started this fucking stupid podcast and whatever and it's kind of just grown from there so it's funny how a lot, a lot of people like you talk to them about how their podcasts start and to, almost to a man or to a woman they all go well COVID yeah <laughs> it's one of those things right yep. so no it's just it's, it's one of those things it's a lot of fun it's, it's, a, it's been a pleasure having you on I, I enjoy your your show yep. you put it out once or twice a week we I, like you're it's it's a staple whenever it comes out I I get a, a kick out of it and you're, you're very informative and you're very opinionate and it's uh, like I said it's a staple in my world Dave no, I agree, Jim. It was it was a long time in the mic in the making. Uh, we we uh, are in touch on a semi reg on on the Twitter DM machine, and uh, it's it, it's awesome. It it I think it lived up to expectations, and and we had a good chat today. Um, solved some problems. Well, some will just uh, put a pin in it, as they say in the world, and. <laughs> and uh, and we'll come back to to settle some arguments. Yeah, later. I don't think we created any. I think we I think we solved a few. I don't, I don't think we created created too many on a Sunday morning. I mean, maybe it was a, a Friday or Saturday. We might have created a bit more 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 loose lips, but it's just kind of the way it goes. Anyways, Jim, once again, thank you very much. And as always, take care of each other. More importantly, take care of yourself. Feed your own. Keep your stick on the ice. And what else, guys? Don't swing at high pitches, Jim. There we go. Definitely don't. (laughs) Have a good day, folks. We will talk to you guys again on Monday night.